I'm Nicole. And I'm Jiu. And welcome to Nicole and Jiu Live, our podcast where we talk about things we love, things we hate, and things we love to hate. Today, we're going to talk about Twilight, a cultural phenomenon on an absolutely epic scale. This book is way more ridiculous than I even remember, and we have so many thoughts. Let's get into it. Chapter One. First Sight. And it opens with a Bible quote. Genesis 2.17, which I don't remember what that is. Yeah, I don't remember what that is also off the top of my head. I do like the convention of using like a quote to open. I find it really, really amusing that Stephanie decided to use a Bible quote to open this book. Guess we shouldn't be surprised because it's her, but still. It's her and she is famously very, very Mormon. There's a lot of uh, just like pretty obvious nods to her religion, I would say. Yeah, oh, for sure. All right, I found the quote. It's, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So I guess that's supposed to be like a metaphor for Bella. Vampires. Bella deciding vampires are the thing. Then we have the preface. Uh, The book just opens with the only dramatic scene from the entire book at the end. They put it at the beginning. They were like, just put it at the beginning, too. It's the only drama we have. Yeah, pretty much. And also, like, um, I think it's very interesting how this book really, like, it's very, this whole book is kind of set up like a movie, like, to start with. Like, this is very movie-like, the, like, flash forward to, like, the end. Like, that's not usually, like, a very literary tactic to use. That's interesting. You know what else does that now is, like, movie trailers. They'll put, like, a trailer for the trailer, and then they'll play the trailer. That's the book. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. First thing in the entire book is a clothing description. Oh, yeah. Uh, Also, I would like to, like, uh, submit that Bella dresses like a 70-year-old woman. (laughs) Well, we can't have her dressing too risque. That's not very Mormon of her. It's not very Mormon of her. It's not very, like, not like other girls of her. Like, Bella is, like, the most not like other girls. She doesn't need to dress sexy. Guys just like her anyway. She doesn't need to do those things that the other girls are doing. I guess not. Well, not yet. Not yet? (laughs) No. She hasn't gotten there yet. Just instantly after that, her streak of self-deprecation begins immediately. We're setting the tone for the whole book because she's moving to Forks. Because it's good for her mom. Like, her mom didn't want her to, but Bella takes care of her mom. And Bella knows that this is what's best for her mom. Yeah, because her mother would never make her move. But, like, Bella's self-flagellation is intense. And see her doing this a lot, honestly. Like, I kind of think that maybe we should start a count. We should. We should. Number one, Bella's first instance of self-deprecation begins. Uh, Then she just... Basically gets on a plane, gets there. She's weirded out riding in the car with her dad, which will begin a streak also of, I guess it's good that she's establishing these like consistent character traits or whatever. But 
uh, I, I know you were saying it comes off weird that she's like so against her dad. She's in the so beginning. yeah, she's just very strange about her dad. I understand that, like you know, she and her father don't live together, and so it is reasonable that she wouldn't be like maybe wild. But I don't know. It's just it comes off weird, and the fact that she like refers to him as Charlie in her head, and like poor Charlie. Charlie really tries his best. He does. We need a Charlie being a good dad count too. Charlie's like one of the best characters, I think. He is like one of the only <laughs> truly redeemable characters in this book. I agree. And I think it would be maybe less weird. Um, I say as a person with daddy issues, by the way, it is a little weird that she's like choosing to live with him, but is very standoffish towards him. Yeah, the whole thing you know honestly she's 17 what I could see happening like when I was 17 I moved into like a mother-in-law suite next to my parents like I wasn't actually living in the house so I get like not wanting to be very close to your parents at that age she just seems really weirded out that Charlie loves her yeah, and she even mentions that she's not allowed to call him Charlie, so that's why she just does it in her head. It's just odd. Bella is like, Bella has no human attachments. That's part of the thing. I think that, like, Stephanie Meyer really wrote her. She's just loose, floating around, like, waiting, waiting for her man. Yeah, she only has vampiric attachments. Mm-hmm. She gets there, she gets a car. She gets this old-ass collectible car that she mentions is completely made of iron. What was it? Like a 57 something? I don't remember. Oh, I didn't write it down, but it was like really, really old. And I think I don't even know if it mentioned that it was made out of iron, but I think maybe you mentioned that it was and you were like, it rains all the time. It honestly would have rusted to hell by now. There's no way that that kind of car, that kind of car could be in that environment, like reasonably and still exist. Those kind of cars are are made out of iron. They're super heavy. And Bella does point out, I think it is mentioned in the books, that the reason she likes that is because she's too clumsy to live. And so, like, she's like, it's the kind of car that would make mincemeat out of other cars. She's self-aware. Yeah, you just mentioned that it would be like a classic car. So it's like, why are you buying a classic car for someone? And for then... a 17-year-old! <laughs> All right. I also noticed that she brought, like, nothing with her. I can't remember exactly what they said, but when she was unpacking, she had nothing, basically, like a backpack or something. Did you move in a hurry? Why'd you do that? Yeah, I think that that's weird, too. I know they do kind of mention that she doesn't really, like, have a lot of clothes because her clothes are, like, the wrong kind of clothes for Forks because she's got clothes for Phoenix. But um, I would like to lodge a complaint with that as well because I don't really care what your clothes are like you're gonna like I don't think that there's that much of a difference between clothes that are sold like in the upper northwest versus the lower southwest where phoenix is like I don't think there's that much of a difference like maybe like winter coats but that's it yeah I really don't know but even still even if I was moving somewhere and I knew my clothes wouldn't be that practical I just don't think I would leave all my shit behind. I don't think I'd be like, oh, well, I don't need it and just pack a backpack. But maybe she's just a minimalist. Bella is like unmaterialistic to a fault. That's true. Maybe it was maybe that was an intentional choice. 
So she goes to this really small school. They said it's like 58. I think her grade. We also went to like an incredibly small school for like a long, a long time. So that's not like weird. But the way that she definitely like talks about how she's like, I couldn't find my niche in a school with 3000 students. How am I supposed to find my niche in a school with 350 students? And I just like I kind of think that it's easier to get along in like a small town environment. I think that she's got that backward. I, I completely agree. I feel like Stephanie Meyer never had a small school experience because that also glaringly stood out to me that she was like, I couldn't make friends at a school with 3,000 kids. I've done both. Like I've literally gone to a school that had like two to 3,000 kids and I had no friends at all, like none. But when you're in a small school, you're like forced to interact with the same people all the time. So even if, yeah you're not a typical person that would hang out with them. It's like you get to know each other and everyone's still friends. So that definitely stood out to me because when I went to a big school, I was so fucking lonely, dude. Like I had no friends. I was like, what the fuck is she talking about? Like it's way easier to make friends in a small environment. I agree. When Gio and I met when we were at uh, a very small school, it's much easier to find friends. And then when I... Uh, matriculated into like a larger class I also had like no friends so I think that like she definitely has that part backwards um I specifically have here Nicole's note you wanted me to put that this was your note no this is it this is where it starts like this is definitely like where the minute by minute recap starts beginning of the playback minute by minute of Bella's life playing out mm-hmm And 12 minutes into the book, we already have Bella calling herself a freak. So deprecation count plus one. Looping back around to the school being super small, I thought it was weird that she was like missing the industrialness of a public school. She was like, there's no metal detectors. I'm like, do people like that? Yeah, super, super weird. I never went to a school with metal detectors, but I imagine I would hate it if I did. Same, same. Yeah, that I had that thought as well. I was like, I wouldn't miss the metal detectors and like the searching because it's never just metal detectors. Like if your school has metal detectors, your school is also going to have like like armed security officers or like whatever they're called in your state. First thing Bella says when walking into the school, not says out loud, but she thinks to herself, no one's going to bite me. I bet Stephanie was so proud of herself. Oh, for that little... Throwing that in there. That little hardy har. Yeah. Ha ha, Stephanie, we see you. Bella meets Eric. He helps her to class. Eric! Eric is my favorite non-main character. I would just like to put that out there. Yes, yes, yes. I, I didn't like that he commented about her appearance immediately. Like, when she's like, my mother's part albino. I was like, yeah, Bella, you tell him <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was... I don't know. I just thought that was so rude to, like, go up to someone and be like, wow, you're pale. It's super weird to comment on. It's just rude. So everyone's looking at her when she walks into the cafeteria. She's the new girl and she's like special except for the Collins. Oh my god. Who only talk to each other and she notices them immediately. But on the topic yeah, everybody apparently is just staring at her like all day. I've been the new kid before and it's not that bad been the new kid i feel like no one really gives a shit about no you. one at they're all like go away yeah, they're like <laughs> you're not part of our friend group i will say when i went to a smaller school and i and all the boys did like me i had some bella energy but i think it's because i had a cool car yeah 
<laughs> I don't think it was about me. I, I, I think I just had a cooler car than everybody else. Don't do not do not talk so down on yourself. You were the hot new bitch. So oh, thank you. Yeah, I had I had some Bella energy going for for one solid year <laughs> until I switched schools and had no friends again. But it's fine. <laughs> so it's again we're we're you know establishing some patterns here. Edward looks at Jessica and Bella thinks it's quote as if he read her thoughts. So we are getting Bella noticing things that, you know, a normal person probably wouldn't notice. Yeah, a normal person would not notice that. Like, it, it's weird. Bella's, like, attunement to Edward. I know that, like, I think what Stephanie was trying to do with that is, like, show us how in love they are? Question mark? Um, that's really the only thing I can think is, like, oh, they're, they're so attuned to each other uh, like a love at first sight love kind at of first thing. sight yeah you know like she understands him on like a, a deep level but honestly it's not realistic because you're not gonna be able to they read, haven't even spoken yeah yet. you're not gonna be able to read that much in somebody's eyes when you haven't even like spoken to that person at all like and well, they're not even close to each other they're across the they're room across yeah bella apparently has like 2020 fucking vision like she noticed <laughs> so much that i just literally would not look at edward with your special eye <laughs> <laughs> um so oh, and again it just happens twice in a row where right after that bella notices they're not eating yeah which i don't know i again thought a lot of kids like skipped lunch and stuff like that either because like they just don't want to spend the money or like the school food's gross. Like, I don't know. It wouldn't stand out to me that a person wasn't eating lunch unless I saw them do it every single day or something like that. But the first time seeing someone like maybe they finished their lunch. I don't know. It just seemed like too sudden. I think they do have food in front of them, but they don't eat it. And she notices immediately. She's like, their food is untouched. Well, you're not looking at somebody's like lunch and seeing how much they've eaten of it. Like, that's just nuts. Like, it, it just seemed too convenient. Yeah. Right after like, oh, he read her thoughts immediately. Like, oh, and they're not eating. And then immediately after that, uh, quote, there was an unmet expectation in Edward's glance talking about when Edward's looking at Bella, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So like all of these things just happening in a row, like in this exact same scene, it's just so convenient. It's so con Yeah. And it's like, it's Bella's got like a real serious case of main character syndrome. I think that that's just really what it is. And Stephanie is not like a sophisticated, at least not in this case, uh, or in any case of anything that I've read of hers, really, she's not a sophisticated enough writer to like not have her main character have all the information immediately. Exactly. Um, and Jessica says to Bella, I think it was Jessica saying this to Bella, because she can obviously tell in the piercing gaze from across the cafeteria. Um, she's like, he doesn't date. Calm the fuck down. Yeah. <laughs> I think that um, Bella refers to her as sour grapes. And she's like, I wonder when oh. he turned her down. Bella trips walking to her seat. Um, and I noted that this was the second time she's tripped, right? We have a trip count going as well. There's lots of things we're counting. <laughs> we're going to start taking shots. Oh, my God. That is uh, for a later chapter. 
I think if like yeah, we we might die if we drink every time Bella falls that's down. That's what I was gonna say. I, there's <laughs> no way to do that without getting alcohol poisoning. <laughs> um. So Bella's first class. Of course, she sits next to Edward. Biology. She can't stop looking at him because he's just so beautiful. And she notices how tense he is. He's clenching his fist. So the first thing she does is blame it on how bad she smells. And uh, I would like to also point out that this is the point at which she sees his eyes. And she's like, his eyes are like flat and black and like menacing. And he's like glaring at her and everything. And then this is like the fact that she notices exactly what color his eyes are. In this moment, maybe I could see it. But then, like, she has a real sticking point about this for, like, the rest of these chapters. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Then Edward runs out the door. He's got to get the hell out of there. (laughs) And Mike meets up with her after class, who she has a bunch of classes with. So they're going to start getting to know each other. Um, And he Um, asks her, so did you stab Edward Cullen with a pencil or what? I've never seen him act like that line just like really brought me a lot of joy (laughs) that is a classic line i remember that was like a peak lol so random humor back in the day oh my god i want a shirt that says did you stab edward cullen with a pencil i can make that happen good to know we'll talk later (laughs) you know she's been in class with mike all day uh obviously this is plenty of time for him to know that he's going to try to flirt with her, even though it's only been a few hours. He's like, all right, I need to make my move. Make my move on the pretty girl from Phoenix. Every single man in this school is in love with her at a certain point. Yep, every single one. I don't remember why she walks into like the receptionist area, but she Oh, to return her paperwork. Ev- they told her to oh, get okay. all the teachers to sign slips when she like went into their classes. So she was just going to return her paperwork. Oh, that's what it is. And then that's where she sees Edward arguing with the receptionist about switching classes. He's trying to compel her for sure. Like for absolutely sure. And if anybody's unfamiliar, compelling isn't really something that they bring up necessarily in this series, but it's just sort of like a vampire thing uh, where they will like look at you and be really sexy and like make you do things just by the power of their sexiness. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. I don't consume a lot of vampire media, so all the vampire media. So we're good. <laughs> which which is good because you're going to need to fill me in on some stuff. Yes. Okay. So yeah, that he's <laughs> definitely trying to compel her like for positive. Interesting. See, I didn't even know this was a thing. Yeah, he does it several times. Um in one of the next chapters, he'll do it again to Bella. Uh Stephanie never really like makes that like a an actual power that these vampires have even though like in just vampire mythology that's very much like an understood thing that vampires will do kind of like in just like the Anne Rice category of like beautiful vampires that makes sense because she does describe him as absurdly handsome with piercing hateful eyes in this scene so that definitely sounds like it's relevant to what's happening yeah I think so we We do love Edward. He really is just like a watered down version of all the best vampires from literature. She just took the parts she liked, I guess. It was like, there we go. We have a character. And we're going to add some Mormonism in here and uh, let's go. And and then we'll water it down a little more and boom. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. And the very last thing that happens is Bella going home in tears because she just knows somehow magically that all of this is about her, despite the fact that they have not spoken to each other at this point. One time, not at all. Which obviously she is correct, but it just again feels so convenient for her to just know magically that like everything is centered around her. It just sounds like they didn't want to flush it out. And we're just like, oh, let's just make it so she knows everything. And then we can just get on with the book right away. Yeah, no, I think that that really is what it is, because all of this like relationship between Bella and Edward, I think should have been built up a lot slower. I understand what Stephanie Meyer was doing. And I think the fact that this book is for children has a lot to do with that, too, or like young adults, whatever. But I don't know. Lazy writing, in my opinion. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So then she goes to her truck and we hear have the name of the chapter here, what we called it. And says that her truck is her only haven in this damp green hole. <sighs> what are our feelings? Do we have any feelings at the end of chapter one other than just... Um, yeah, I just think it would have been easier to ship them and their relationship if it had been flushed out more. Because this is spoilers. If you haven't read Twilight at this point, at this point, when did this book come out? Like 2006? <laughs> yeah, something like that. This book takes place, I'm pretty sure, over the course of three months. So how in love they end up falling for each other is really unrelatable, <laughs> I think, to a lot of people, which obviously a lot of people liked it because it's a huge success. I just think that maybe if it was a little bit longer, um, maybe not even longer, but just some things. I'll say this once. I won't say it again because I feel like I could say the same thing for every chapter. Mm. Um, like she really flushes out things that just don't need to be where like she's we mentioned that she's gonna start playing out Bella's life minute by minute um and later there's like a whole chapter where she's just like laying on her bed listening to a cd it's like we didn't really need that but if we had gotten some more exposition with her and Edward maybe more of them hanging out and forming a real connection I think it would have added to the book Agreed. Agreed. And we obviously have not even reached the point yet. Um, so this is a little bit like going ahead. But uh, like we said, if you haven't read this book by this point, then what are you doing? But I, I agree. I just I don't really like the way that they rush into this like this deep like all we have to do is look at each other and we're like instantly like just feel the most feelings and just have all of these emotions and love. I just don't think that it's realistic or good, honestly, for this to be like um, held up as like an example of like a one true pairing type relationship to the youth of America. But that is my soapbox. And now I will get off of it. Yeah. Do you think he's doing that vampire thing to her? Or he, like, can make her fall in love? I think that there are parts, and it's not so much a, like, making her fall in love power. It's, like, in a more in the instant. Um, so if, like, a vampire would say, like, wanted something from you, or honestly, if they wanted something from you, that's really, like, they could, like, use this magic sort of, like, on you and just kind of use their sexy powers a bit and then to make you just, like, agree with whatever they're saying in the moment or give up whatever information they want from you or anything like that. It's not really, like, a power that could work at, like, a distance. Um, I think that he definitely does try to compel her to tell him things uh, in 
a couple chapters, I think, but it hasn't happened yet. Okay, interesting. So she's just naturally in love with him, unfortunately. Unfortunately for all of us. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter two. Open book. It's another day of school for Bella as we go about her life minute by minute. She, you know, can't stop thinking about Edward. Situation is going to be normal throughout the rest of the book. Situation normal for the rest of the book. Agreed. Bella is so absorbed by Edward. I think that she herself makes that point in uh, a chapter coming up soon. I would just like to point out that it's unhealthy, but we all know this already. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she literally acknowledges now that her anticipating his arrival is like weird and egotistical and stuff like that. So she's aware. Plot device. It's fine. We we know this already. Our self-aware queen, Bella. Self-aware queen, I love that. (laughs) Uh, Mike's following her around. She compares him to a golden retriever because he just will not stop following her. This is the beginning of golden retriever Mike. Yep, yep. Apparently Charlie can't cook because... Of course not. (laughs) So Bella cooks for them, allegedly. I don't know what he was doing before this. Uh, Just frying eggs. Apparently she does make a point to mention that her mother can't cook, so she cooked for her mother as well. How wifely of her. Wifely of her. I was just going to say, it's just another instance of Bella taking care of everybody. That's Bella's job and will continue to be Bella's job. And she wouldn't have it any other way, even if you asked her. Even if she she doesn't want. That's the point. Okay, so Bella gets home. She gets emails from her mom. She's reading Wuthering Heights again, because of course she is. Of course she is. Bella has already read all the books on the syllabus for this year. I mean, as someone who would also do that, that will happen, but... She just has to be so smart and know everything, so she school does not have to distract her from Edward. From her boyfriend! How? <laughs> How could it? No, yes, she can focus her full attention on the boy. She already knows everything. She notes that Charlie knows or thinks that she's not depressed enough to shoot herself on purpose when he unloads his gun belt. That was a little stray. <laughs> that, I also thought that that was strange. It was just a strange thing to call out. Uh, so then they're eating dinner. She asked Charlie about the Collins and Charlie loves Carlisle. I was like, oh my God, is this a ship? Do people ship <laughs> Oh, that's a good point. I never even thought of that. But yeah, no, Charlie loves Carlisle. I mean, same. I also love Carlisle, but... He was just so passionate and, like, defensive about them. Bella, like, thought about saying something bad, and he was like, Carlisle's amazing! I was like, I think this might be the ship. (laughs) The ship of the whole book, yeah. Yeah, you you might be right. But he, she, even Bella says that he says more about Carlisle and the Cullens being like good people than like he has before in the entire book. Even Bella said it was like the longest diatribe she had ever heard from him. Okay, so this has been a thing. Apparently so. Charlie, oh, Charlie X Carlisle for sure. I ship it now. This is like the only context I have because never in my previous read-throughs did I get this at all, but I was paying so close of attention this time. I was like, oh my God, it was here all along. (laughs) It was hiding right under our noses. Their love is eternal. (laughs) 
It is. It is. <laughs> um, so then Bella goes to school. Edward's missing. She's sad again because Bella's always sad. <sighs> Bella is perpetually sad, yes. The weekend comes and goes. Uh, I think she gets some books, maybe. I don't think she does get any books. She goes to the library, but she makes a point to say that the li- library in Forks is woefully understocked, and she says she's going to have to go to Seattle to get books. And I'm kind of like, I've been to small town libraries, and I just feel like that's a lot. I don't know. I've never been to a small town library in like the upper Northwest. I just feel like that's a lot. Yeah, and given her taste in books like she reads a lot of classic stuff right she reads a lot of classics yeah no she absolutely reads a lot of classics it's not like us reading manga when we were 12 and we couldn't no. find it anywhere yeah, that was reasonable yeah she's not looking for like weird pulp fiction she definitely would be happy with the good classic section which any library will have i just i just don't I just don't like the characterization of this whole town as like an illiterate damp green hole. <laughs> I wonder what the people of the real town of Forks have to say about this book. I'd love to interview one of them. Yeah, I bet they're really offended. Maybe an idea for a future podcast. If you're from Forks and you want to be on a small podcast and we can't pay you, message me. <laughs> Reach out. Yes. <laughs> so she does or does not get her books uh she goes back to school they have a snowball fight and bella sees snow for the first time and she hates it she hates it who hates snow is what i want to know but okay i feel like if you live in snow you have the right to hate snow like if you're an adult and you have to get snow tires you have the right okay all right valid i've never (laughs) but that's like a very boring way to look at that like she doesn't want to participate in the snowball fights or anything, I think. Well, she's too clumsy for life, so I, I guess. And also, she doesn't like being cold or wet. And once again, why did you move here? <laughs> okay. The Cullens had a snowball fight, too, which I think kind of surprised her. That was really cute. I really like the Cullens having a snowball fight. I, I just think that one, that's a really cute little touch. I do like when they get personality because I feel like so much of it is just them being like broody and mysterious. So it's like, wow, they're doing like a thing that kids would do. Exactly. As, or like it's all just Edward in love with Bella or Bella in love with Edward. Like you don't really get a lot of the rest of his siblings and they are far more interesting characters. But that is getting like several books ahead. Yes. Yes. We will. We will definitely circle back around to that later. So, you know, after they come in after the snowball fight and Jessica's like, oh, my God, Edward's staring at you, which is weird that she's always pointing it out. because She's also like jealous. So it's getting mixed signals there a little bit. Maybe she just likes the drama. All the girls there, it's like all the boys in the school are immediately in love with Bella. All the girls are immediately, well, they're all already in like entranced by the Cullens. So they're all jealous of her. Like, I don't think that we've met Lauren yet, but she's a... Yeah, they all don't like her. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, So this is the first scene where Bella and Edward actually speak and he introduces himself. and He's actually polite to her in the beginning. And she notices his eyes changing. She notices his eyes change color entirely um, before they were black when he was glaring at her in class. And now they're like a warm golden color and she can't fucking stop talking about it. Yeah. So he asks her why she came to Forks and she just explains that she did it for her mom. And he's like, well, that's not really fair to you. And she's like, but I'm just like the best person ever. So, of course, I'm going to do it anyway. Bella is a saint. 
she is. She is. Then she's immediately having that thing that we've all experienced where you meet someone and you tell them too much and you're like, oh God, I overshared. Um, because he's just so beautiful and interesting and out of her league. I think that it does particularly mention that like she looks in his eyes and is befuddled and can't help but tell the truth, which is kind of com- like a uh, kind of compulsion adjacent, I would say. Okay, that makes sense. And then I guess that would make sense to have a fallout from that to be like, that, that is actually a relatable thing Bella did, like immediately overshare because you're nervous. And be like, oh, oh God, yeah, they hate me. A million times. <laughs> yeah, not to the extent of Bella for sure. But yes, I have definitely <laughs> had these thoughts. Yeah, so that was, finally they speak to each other. So now maybe she has reason to like think she's on his radar, even though she At thought all. it anyway. She's finishes class and they did some sort of lab and Mike's like, did Edward help you? And she's like, of course he didn't. I'm the smartest person ever. Of course he didn't help me. She's pissed about that. Also, I would like to point out that Bella was in advanced placement classes, apparently back in Phoenix, which this school is apparently too small to have advanced placement classes, which is a hose because like any size school will have advanced placement classes, really. But that's why she's so sm- much smarter than everybody else. Or they would just put you in a different class. Like if she's already taken this class, like even if it's not a class you would be typically be in for that grade, they would just put her in a different class. They would have bumped her up to, yeah, to like senior science, whatever that is. Yeah, exactly. Or if like some states like do it flip-flopped where it's not like one's more advanced than the other, you just learn it in a different order. You just take the class you haven't taken. Yeah, that is a very good point, actually. Because she's definitely repeating all of these classes. Like, she makes a point to say that she's repeating all of the classes. I think in the previous chapter, when she was reading the syllabus for the English class and realized that she had read everything, she was contemplating whether her mother would send her her folder of already written papers or if she would think that was cheating. Oh, I didn't even catch that. I think she should have done it. She already did the work. It's not cheating to use your own work. It doesn't make any sense. The way I would already have done that, and also, like, at this time, Bella definitely would have had those saved on, like, a floppy disk, so. Oh, yeah, this was, like, back in the day. (laughs) Maybe, I think this was post-floppy disk, but this was definitely, like, U.S. drive. I think a a floppy disk would have been maybe in play. Like, if you had one, it wouldn't be, like, very weird. Super, super weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I think, yeah, this was like USB stick days for sure. Um, and then the very last thing we have is Edward creeping on her, watching her leave and then him laughing at her when she almost hits the one, which we, again, another counter going, Edward laughs. He just doesn't do that very often. So we're counting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think maybe he does like a couple other times just at the beginning of the book. Chapter three phenomenon the scene opens with bella waking up which i just thought was so funny because i love to make comparisons between this and 50 shades and look at things that were stolen from twilight yes oh my god in the vast canon of twilight branch offs 50 shades is really peak if you ask me yeah, we're going to definitely count, I think, how many times this opens with Bella waking up. Because I, I, too, also want to see, like, how much that was stolen from Stephanie Meyer by LJ. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's just a coincidence. Her just being a bad... Yeah, I suppose her just being a bad writer is what I was going to say. <laughs> 
I don't know if we've gotten there yet, but there's a point where I think Charlie hugs her hard. Um, and L. James does that like all the time. Like, I want to call her Bella. I don't remember her name, but Anna. the ba- Anastasia, Anna, she does everything hard, or Christian does everything hard. hard. Like, <laughs> but when Charlie hugs Bella hard, I was like, oh my God, there it is. That's where she got it from. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that we're going to have to definitely like make those little notes, <laughs> if only just for ourselves. And it's only a matter of time until we do a whole podcast on Fifty Shades as well. Yeah, stick around for for that little bit of uh of the extended Twilight universe, as we <laughs> like to call it. Yes, yes, yes. All right, so she's super excited to go to school because she'll get to see her boyfriend, and she <laughs> falls getting almost falls getting into her truck, uh, which I feel like counts as her falling. So she's at fallen least, three times, at least a half, at least three and a half times. Yeah, three and a half. So as she's going there, she thinks about how all the boys like her and how she's going to see all these boys because she's just so popular. Who <laughs> all like her. Again, unrelatable problems is all I'm going to say. <laughs> she's thinking about how she's, you know, also not used to getting taken care of by Charlie in her words. Oh, I actually think that I did want to point this out as well. This is another instance to me where it was really obvious that Bella, Bella's attitude about Charlie is just weird. Because he, I think he puts snow chains on her tires, which is such, like, a nice, like, dad thing to do. Like, of course, you're not going to know how to do that, Bella. Like, you need somebody. But uh, she's just very weirded out by the fact that Charlie would, like, put snow chains on her tires. And I'm like, wow, well, like, I'm glad your father doesn't actually want you to kill yourself. Because she would definitely do that. Yeah, that is really weird. Maybe she feels put off by it because she's so used to taking care of other people that she's like what do you mean you're doing something for me i'm supposed to do everything for everyone but it's like a super unhealthy way to be and that's all i'll say yeah don't be like bella i i think that i think that oru from fruits basket and bella from this like have the same condition oh you are so right (laughs) i never even like thought about that but you are absolutely correct (laughs) yeah it's not healthy don't be like this it's okay for people to help you with things it is especially things that you don't know how to do or you can't do yeah it's fine there's there's no shame in it everybody needs help with things just just let it happen especially if especially and i just am gonna say and to people who don't have a good relationship with their parents that's something else entirely but especially it's okay for your parents to do things for you Yes, yes. So this is the classic part of the car crash where Eddie saves her. We started calling Eddie. We started calling Edward Eddie in the notes here. And I just loved it. I kept it. (laughs) I just I think that it suits him. It does. He's such a little Eddie. And Bella does note that Eddie is cold and hard when he like grabs her, which I just thought was so funny. Um, Do you remember that? adult novelty toy that was based off of Edward and it was sparkly and you were supposed to put it in the freezer. Oh, I do. In the refrigerator. Yeah, yeah. And make it cold. I do Yeah, that's what this reminded me of. I was like, wow, cursed memories. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. That was probably what, like 2010? My god, probably. (sighs) So, Bella notices that Edward was across the parking lot. And he is somehow able to get over to her 
move her out of the way of the car, but is not able to stop her head from slamming into the ground, which I thought was weird. Like, why? Why didn't you just, like, put your head under her, or why didn't you just put your hand under her head or something to cushion it? Like, if you're that fast, you, like, couldn't stop her head from slamming into the concrete? Okay. <laughs> Mr. Vampire Pants. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> vampire Pants. That's a good one. And then Bella notices that he was across the parking lot, and she's like, how'd you get over here? And he's like, I was right here. And she's like, no, the hell you weren't right here. And I know that she's correct in everything, and I don't want to promote, like, telling women that they're wrong or crazy or that you, like, shouldn't believe things. But in this scenario, I just feel like it's so unrealistic that everything that's happened to Bella is just, she just knows exactly what it is immediately. Like, I feel like if I was in an emergency situation and I, like, saw something and someone was telling me, no, it wasn't like that, I'd probably just be like, oh, I must have just, like not realized because i was so shocked or something yeah i was just gonna say you must have just been in mild shock because you just went through a traumatic event and almost got hit by a car there's no reason that you would like absolutely know for sure something like that trivial so like i agree i also do not want to promote like people lying to women or like trying to get them to say things that aren't true or like anything like that but i too just find it like weird that Bella like is so adamant in her like knowledge of what's going like what's happening every second like she's like no you were over there yeah and she's just so positive like she just believes so strongly that everything she sees is 100% true or correct which in any other scenario I think would make sense but in this like weird supernatural stuff going on it's like she's living in a universe where she doesn't even think that supernatural stuff is a thing like she's living in our universe I would never ever be like no there must be this guy must have like some side of power that like makes him fast I would just like never think that it just seems like a convenient plot device again yeah yeah where she just knows everything that's going on without having to be told I I agree it is like the kind of like main character syndrome I was talking about before where Bella just has all the information already, even though she doesn't have her the, the information yet. Yeah, it's just a convenient way to write it, I guess. I think that, like, for sure, if I was in that situation and somebody, like, told me, like, oh, no, like, I was right next to you. You just, like, aren't remembering it, right? And I almost got hit by a car. I would probably just, like, attribute it to shock and move on with my life. Yeah, I probably wouldn't even put that much thought into it. I'd be like, oh, okay, well, thank God I didn't get hit by a car. <laughs> Speaking of getting hit by a car, Bella notices that there is a, I, and I quote, a very distinct dent that fit the contours of Edward's shoulder. <laughs> like, how did she know? Like, how did she know that that was like the exact dimensions of his shoulder? Yeah, that's un <laughs> it's unrealistic for her to even notice that, especially like I said, she just hit her head and like almost got ran over by a freaking car she almost got squished yeah and then as she's noticing this she's like on a backboard on a stretcher like wearing a sea collar so if you like don't know what that is it's like when they strap you to like that plastic stretcher that's like a backboard and then they put the sea collar on you so you can't move your head that's like that collar you see in movies where it like keeps your head still but She's wearing all of that on a stretcher being put into an ambulance and she's somehow able to like look around and like see the car and be like, yes, it's the exact dimensions of Edward's shoulders. Like, okay. <laughs> An observant queen. 
now. Observant. What would you call her before? Observant queen. So before she was self-aware queen, and now she's oh, so we so she's our self-aware observant queen. Yes, thank you, Bella. So then she's in the hospital. She takes off her sea collar, uh, which I just noted because I was like, "Is she wearing one? Can she look around?" And then she took it off. So I was like, "No, she couldn't look around." Anyway. Uh, Tyler's there. Edward smiles at him. Uh, he's flashed his brilliant teeth. We just thought that that was funny. We were like, is he grimacing or smiling? We don't know. Don't know. Uh, he does joke around with Tyler, um, and tells him no blood, no foul. Uh, then Carlisle's there and he's more handsome than any movie star. (laughs) I love Carlisle, guys. I'm sure that Charlie is going to be very happy to see his boyfriend. Oh my, yes, no, like. But once he finds out his daughter's okay, he's going to be like, okay, let me go say hi to my boyfriend. Yeah, I would too. He's hot. <laughs> All right, Bella falls out of the hospital bed. Fall number four. <laughs> yeah. Bella is too clumsy to live. She really is. She wants to talk to Eddie alone. Alone. It asks for an explanation of his super speed slash strength, whatever, which again, I'm like, why would you just assume that like, oh, I must just be living in like a universe where there's magic shit going on. I would just never do that. No, you would definitely like attribute it to shock. Like we were just saying, like, there's no reason for her to be that adamant about that one particular situation. And thus begins Edward's gaslighting because he's like, well, no one, he literally says to her, no one will believe you. Yeah. Yeah, and she's like, okay, I'm going to lie for you, but, like, I don't know why. So she, like, knows that their second interaction pretty much ever is him gaslighting her and her being like, okay, I'll just, like, do whatever you want because you're hot. It's not great. Um, I don't really, like, I don't like that he, like, just immediately tries to gaslight her. I mean, I guess I get it. It's, like, the code of secrecy for vampires and all that. that he couldn't just be like, well, I'm actually, like, an undead creature. They can't die and can, like, lift a truck off of you. I guess he couldn't really say that. That's true. And she is very adamant. She's like, no, you were over there. It has to be something. All the info. She just got all the info. That's all I was going to say. Then that night when she goes home, she dreams about Edward. For the first time, right? I think this is the first time she dreams about Edward. Yep. And then that was she woke up at the beginning of the chapter and went to sleep at the end of the chapter, which is, again, Fifty Shades. But I digress. L.J. Chapter four. Invitations. Chapter four is where we have our one month time jump, our only sense of progression, probably in the entire book. Yeah. One of the few times that time actually moved. Um, No one remembers... Edward being far away from Bella during the car accident. So the whole school is just gaslighting her, I guess. No one will. I think what they say is that no one recalls seeing him close by or far away. And then uh, Bella just has this whole like internal thing where she's like, well, no one pays attention to Edward the way that I do. That must be why nobody remembers like because nobody remembers seeing him at all because he was like far away and then he would try to tell her that he was closer yeah so he's just basically trying to ignore her we have a little bit of our teen drama going on now mike's obviously still following bella around like the golden (laughs) retriever he is golden retriever mike strikes again and the dance is coming up 
Oh, the girls' choice dance. Yes. Yep. So yes. Jessica asks Mike, and then Mike asks Bella in front of Edward to make him jealous. It's it's a whole thing. Turns Jessica down, and then Bella has to be like, I think you should like say yes to Jessica, Mike. And doesn't she tell all the boys? She tells all the boys she's going to Seattle that weekend, so they'll leave her alone. Mm-hmm. And then Eric asks her later. So everyone just wants to go with Bella, and Bella has to be like, no, we're shipping Jessica and Mike. Everyone leave me alone. And Angela should ask out Eric. Oh, and, t- and Tyler asks her. Tyler asks her, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. All three boys ask her. She sets up dates with the other girls and all three boys because Bella is a saint and is just, like, getting everybody boyfriends. Not only do they all ask her, they all ask her within, like, the last half of a school day. They're all just, like, lining up to ask her. Each one, it's actually so funny. I love the whole progression of all the boys asking Bella out. Because each one says, like, oh, I just thought that you turned them down because you wanted me to ask you. (laughs) It's so funny. If Bella kept this energy throughout the entire book, I'd, I'd like her. I would like her. Honestly, yeah, same. Same. Keep it consistent, Bella. She can't. Mm-hmm. No, she can't. It's impossible. Um, so speaking of voice talking to Bella, Edward speaks to her for the first time in a month this day, and he says that they shouldn't be friends, which like you literally weren't. Like, why did you say that? Yeah. Uh just Edward being gaslighty as usual. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no one's surprised, obviously, but just, why? You could have said nothing and then we wouldn't have a book, so whatever. Yeah, I guess then we wouldn't have a book. Honestly, isn't it better to have loved and lost than (laughs) ever loved at all? I I suppose so. So Bella's like, I'm gonna leave Edward alone. Even though she was literally already doing that. She's like, I'm definitely going to leave him alone now, even though he approached her again. Like, I wish she would keep this energy. (laughs) I like, I really like aloof Bella. So anyway, she makes a real plan to go to Seattle because then she's telling the truth. She makes a real plan to go to Seattle. I actually have a bone to pick with this because uh, she makes a plan to go to Seattle because she says the Forks Library is so devoid of anything that she has to go to Seattle to find books. And I just, I have a problem with that. I think that the Forks Library is probably fine. I feel like it should be fine for her taste because they make her like a lot of classics. So well, they definitely have like every Jane Austen book, every single library will have that kind of stuff. Like the classics, like definitely. Yeah, I agree. If she was trying to get some weird shit, like I remember when we were kids and we're trying to get manga, like nowhere had it. Like the Forks oh. Library probably doesn't have that, but she's literally reading like stuff that you'll find anywhere because everyone reads it. Okay, so then we have Edward and Bella's first real conversation. Holy shit. So Edward meets Bella in the parking lot and basically is telling her that when he was next to her, she he was wrong. Like, he's just staying with that. Everyone's staying with that. Everyone's just telling Bella that she's crazy. He's, like, fully gaslighting her at this point. I, like, I kind of don't understand why he doesn't try to compel her, like, 
now at this point, but he doesn't really make the effort to do that. Uh, he just kind of tells her that she's wrong, like to her face, which is just like regular gaslighting. <laughs> <not> like, <laughs> gaslighting with like special powers which is essentially what like compulsion is like if that was a power that she was going to make him have which it seemed like it was up to now like he did genuinely seem like he was trying to use that on women already this is when she should have brought it into play yes i think that that would have made a lot more sense instead of him just being like this wishy-washy weirdo I have a quote I want to read. This is from their conversation, which the whole banter of their conversation was like very 2K10. Yeah. But he says, it would be more prudent for you not to be my friend, but I'm tired of trying to stay away from you. And then immediately after that, you really should stay away from me. So he's literally con contradicting himself in a single in sentence. In the same sentence, yeah. I mean, okay, so when we get into our discussions of uh, contrasting this to Midnight Sun, which might possibly happen at some point. Oh, geez, that's gonna, that's gonna be a time. Because, like, the way she compresses his thought process, so it's like, it, honestly, it's like she was writing the two of these books simultaneously because she had... So, not to give undue praise to Stephanie Meyer, who <laughs> definitely writes, like, a 25-year-old. I mean, her characters are very well established. Like, first book, she's got this down. I did hear a rumor, some scuttlebutt somewhere, that she did start writing Midnight Sun, like, as, like, right as she was finishing, or, like, maybe, like, while she was writing Twilight. I don't know how true that is, though, so I don't want to. We should look that up. We should. We should. I bet that there's, like, that's got to be documented somewhere. <laughs> All right. And to wrap up this scene, uh, Edward intentionally, st I think, stops in front of her here in the parking lot so Tyler oh. could have a chance to ask her out. This is when he asks her. Yeah, he pulls his car, like, out in front of her truck. Yeah, I just thought that that was so annoying. I was like, Edward, you just, how is one man this annoying? And then he pretends to ask her to the dance. Or Tyler does ask her to the dance. No, Edward. Edward pretends to ask her to oh, the dance yeah, so he yeah. can be like, oh, do you want to ride to Seattle? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he's like, he makes intonations like, oh, you the day of the, of the dance. Like, do you yeah. want to do this with me? That was actually kind of funny. Bella contemplates hitting his car. When he's parked oh, she there. should have. She should she have. Absolutely. I would have made the whole book. I would have loved that. Yeah, I mean, she's right. Like, she could have just tapped it real gentle. Like, just kind of scratched the paint. He deserved it. <laughs> just scratch, scratch the paint a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and we have our classic line, stupid shiny Volvo owner. Which, yes, thousand percent agree. yes. Yeah, yeah. Put that on a shirt. <laughs> I, I would wear a shirt. Chapter 5. Blood type. Chapter 5. It's literally called blood type. <laughs> and I yeah. just felt like Stephanie was probably so proud of herself for thinking to put this as a setting for, for what is about to happen in class. <laughs> yes, yes. Very clever, Stephanie. We see you. So Bella's bad and she gets to class late. 
and Mike's upset because he's always upset for some reason. Yeah, he does get over it, though. Like a good little golden retriever. <laughs> they can never be mad for long, you know? I always want to bring you your newspaper and wag their tail. Yep, yep. And he wants to go to the beach really bad still. He wouldn't forsake Bella in, in that regard. Okay, I okay. listen. I have a, a, like a point about the beach um mike really wants to go to the beach and it's supposed to be 40 degrees i actually am in full agreement with bella about this one that sounds awful and i would never go like i would be like no see you later like y'all have fun (laughs) yeah i could just not do that instead (laughs) exactly exactly fire and stuff though i like a bonfire okay it's like fair point, but like when it's like forty degrees, a bonfire's not doing that much. I guess, but I don't know. If you're from the north, is forty degrees cold? Is it very cold? Okay, forty degrees is cold. Forty degrees is cold to me because I I will admit that I am from Florida, so you know it's relative, I suppose. <laughs> to me, that's freezing. I'd probably go and then be sad the whole time. <laughs> If you you would have the foresight to stay home, and then I would go and be like, I don't know why I went. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is cold, and I am wet. <laughs> so then she goes to the cafeteria, and Edward's not there, and she's so sad that she can't even eat. She's so sad. All she she's like, I I'm lost my appetite. I'm just going to get a lemonade. Okay, Edward does show up at some point, though, right? He does, yeah. Um, I think that uh, she notices that he's not sitting with his family, so she thinks that he's not there. But then Jessica, when they're in the lunch line, is like, Edward Cullen is staring at you again. And, like, she looks at her, and he's, like, sitting there, and he, like, crooks his finger at her, like, come hither, Bella. That's very spooky of him. <laughs> it, it is a little spooky. <laughs> he starts talking to her, and he's giving her these mixed signals of, like, I want to be your friend, but also, like, I wouldn't be a good friend for you. So the gaslighting continues. The gaslighting continues and is ever-present. And, like, I, I don't know. Like, I, he's like, I am, I'm tired of trying to stay away from you. And I'm just like, ugh. Oh, oh, this is the part where he says, most people are easy to read, except for you. Oh, yeah. That yeah. got me. He's just not even trying to hide it at this point. No. We're barely even a quarter into the book. He's just like, ah, let's just put it out there. My, yeah, my, my family secret. Meh. Yeah. Who cares? Well, he does say that he's like, he, he hopes that she doesn't understand what he's saying. Like, she makes a point to be like, you enjoy the fact that I don't understand anything you say. And he's like, I, I'm counting on it. And uh, just, just like gaslighting to the nth degree once again. Like I mean, zero self restraint. No, none. Because like by this point in Midnight Sun, he's like seeing her face in the stars. So you know, this is also the scene where he's Bella's trying to figure out quote what he is, and then they have the conversation where she's like, "Are you like Peter Parker or Bruce Wayne?" And I think that he says he's like evil or something. He's like, he's like, what if I'm not like one of the superheroes? What if I'm the bad guy or I'm the villain? Oh, that's what it is. I knew there was like a classic Twilight line right here. I was like, what is it? It's on the tip of my tongue. 
Yeah, yeah. And then she's like, oh, you're dangerous. And then he's like, do you think so? And then she's like, but not bad. You can never be bad, Edward. <laughs> Your notes in all caps say he's dangerous. <laughs> it's so good. Um. All right. So then Edward tries to convince her to skip class, but she was already bad Bella for being late. So now she has to be good Bella and go to class. Go to biology class. It's, he says specifically that it's healthy to skip class sometimes, which is uh funny. I guess it would have been true in this case, but but that's a little too future predicty for me. Yeah, well, like, he knows. He knows that, like, it, they're blood typing today, probably because he read Mr. Banner's mind and, like, knows that they're blood typing, and he's like, he can't be around all that blood, so he's like... Oh, that makes sense, but I meant, like, him saying it to Bella, being like, it's good for you. Like, he doesn't know if it'll be good for her, like, it doesn't matter to oh, her. No. Until she That's faints, true. then it would have been better if she didn't do it. That's very true. He doesn't know that yet. They go into class and they start the blood typing thing and Bella almost immediately faints. Oh my god. Like, she doesn't even have to see anybody bleed. Like, just seeing the micro lancet that they use to prick themselves makes her queasy. And she, like, lays down on the table. And, like, I know some people get sick at the sight of blood. I, I personally don't, so maybe I truly just don't understand, but that seemed a bit extreme to me. It did seem like a lot. I will say, though, like, I have seen blood and, like, gotten faint, but not, like, a drop of blood. Like, Gio, you went to EMT school. Like, I, you I did. So, so I'll make it short. The instance I'm talking about is someone tried to start an IV and, like, missed or something. I never started IVs, so I don't know how that works. But um, they had to take out the catheter and blood started pouring out of the patient's arm onto the floor. And it made me feel so dizzy that I had to sit down because I felt like I was going to faint. And I don't know why I reacted that way. It never happened before or after that. But it, I'm just saying, I, I guess it does happen because it happened to me once. And I very silently had to sit down and not draw attention to myself because I was like, I'm not going to faint in front of a patient. That's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Never happened again after that or before. So no clue. That's so interesting. I wonder if, I wonder if that was just from the shock of seeing so much at once or like what? That's like that's that's an interesting psychological study. But yeah, I wonder if that's like on a like biological level, like brain, no blood, leave body bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's entirely possible. So she faints. Mike's like, I'm going to take her to the nurse. And then Edward gets upset. Oh, well, Mr. Banner asks for volunteers and Mike, of course, volunteers because I think Bella says specifically like, oh, that she knew who would volunteer even before he said anything. And of course it was Mike. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be Mike? He's there for her. Just like a golden retriever would be. <laughs> He's there for her. And he, he wants to like hold her close and like let her lean on him as she's feeling sickly. As they're going to the nurse. Edward sees Bella laying her face on oh, the sidewalk outside. My God, that part freaking sent me. Oh my gosh, the part where she's like, I laid my face on the ice cold pavement. I'm like, well, that's got to be great for your skin, Bella. Edward gets upset for the first and only time in the book where it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he effortlessly picks her up. Bella casually drops her weight 
at this point, um, which I won't repeat, but it just made me laugh, I guess, in a bad way. It stood out to me. I was like, okay, I, you're so tiny and dainty. We know. We're aware. <laughs> we are aware, Bella. Yeah, you're I perfect actually, in every way. I noticed that as well. I didn't, like, it was a little distasteful to me, too. A very low weight for somebody her age. And then Edward makes fun of her for fainting because the irony of it all that she is. That she gets faint at the sight of blood. The <laughs> irony. Yep. Literally from the iron in the blood. The irony. Ha. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Edward bullies Mike into letting him actually take her to the nurse's office. He doesn't even bully him really he just kind of like scoops bella was just like <laughs> i'm gonna take her now and just like grabs her and walks off like yeah what's what's Mike gonna do yeah he's like you know i was supposed to take her like after and edward just like continues to walk off <laughs> like i think he tells bella that he was listening to a cd in his car and that's how he saw her ah uh, okay <laughs> I, I missed that, but that's funny. They ha- do at one point point out that Bella says she can smell blood, and he's like, most people can't do that. Can you smell blood? Blood kind of smells kind of metally. I mean, only if you're, like, sniffing it. But it does have a smell, right? He was like, yeah. people can't, s-. he literally says that people cannot smell blood. And she's like, well, I can. I thought that, like, blood had a smell. No, blood definitely has a smell. I can smell blood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I would figure. <laughs> I just thought that that was so weird of a thing to be like, not like other girls about because I was like, I think people can just do that. Like, why does Edward argue with her about that? Oh, then Mike tries to get back at Edward by bringing up the beach in front of him. Oh, yeah. He's like, <laughs> Bella, you're coming to the beach with us this weekend, right? When we're going to go and like, frolic on the beach in 40 degree weather while it's like kind of rainy yay um then edward bullies bella into getting a ride home from him because she can't drive or something and then he says that that he would be not a gentleman to let her drive home in the state she was in and then they both like claire de lune wow they're meant for each other obviously (laughs) Then they talk about her family and he asks how old she is and she says she's 17 and this was so disgusting to me. He says she doesn't seem 17. I was like, Ugh. like, that's what every creepy guy says to a younger girl where it's like, oh, but you're like mature for your age. Like, bitch, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah, it's creepy. And it just gets creepier when we find out how old he really is. I put... Like, I took that note in my notes and I put a bunch of nauseous emojis next to it. <laughs> Chef's kiss. Um, then she just talks about how she basically takes care of her mom because her mom acts younger and Bella acts older. So she's like the mom Bella is, I mean. Yeah, Bella says that her mom says that she was born with the soul of a 35-year-old and gets more middle-aged every year. And I just think that that's like... Really something for your mother to say to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. You you can tell her mom likes being taken care of. Yeah, for sure. She like very obviously lets her child like be the parent, which is like not great, Renee, but okay. 
And then Bella asks about his family and we get some more self-depreciation because she's like, well, your family has to be more interesting than mine, which I don't know. There's just so much of that going on that I'm like, girl, calm down. It's like, take like, have a little bit of confidence in something. Yeah, anything. Pick something. Just pick anything. Yeah. And on, honestly, her relationship with her mother would be a good place for her to have some confidence because Renee apparently is like such a good mother and like they get along so well, even though Bella is supposedly the one that like more emotionally takes care of her. That would be a good place for her for her to have a little bit more of a spine. But that makes sense. And she you're right. She really does like only say don't I guess not only nice things, but she presents it in a way where she's not saying it like a bad thing. No, yeah, to Bella, it's not a bad thing. It's, of course, not a bad thing to Bella that at 17, she has to, like, take care of her mother, like, emotionally and, like, I think at some points even financially and, like, domestically, she, like, cooks and cleans for her as well. Bella is Saint Bella, as always. Then the chapter wraps up with Edward mentioning that they're going hiking. Hiking! Yes, hiking at um, Goat Rocks near Mount Rainier, I think, uh, which will come back up later because I'm pretty sure that Bella asks Charlie about it in the next chapter. Edward smiles crookedly, had to point that out because I remembered reading this and being like, oh my god, they like never ever smile, but he does a couple of times. He does. Bella. I just don't remember it at all. I have no memory of him smiling and I was like, I think... Like, people make fun of those actors, but I think it's written Honestly, that way. Honestly, I literally think that that's just Robert Pattinson's acting choices that, like, make us think that. It's it's solely that. <laughs> I just, like, maybe it is. It, like, infiltrated my brain. I was like, yeah, they just, like, don't smile in the book, I'm pretty sure. So now I'm noticing, I'm like, oh, it does happen a couple of times, at least twice now. I don't remember how many times I've pointed out, but at least this is the second time, possibly the third. Yeah, yeah. Smile count. Drink every time Edward smiles. <laughs> drink every time Bella falls down. Oh no. Be like dead by the end. <laughs> Chapter six. Scary stories. All right. So next we have our anime beach episode, Twilight Style. Everything is ever always gonna have a beach episode. It's it's just the natural order of things. Alright, so we got our teen drama. Lauren's mad at Bella because of why she exists basically (laughs) like she's mad at Bella because I think because Edward is paying attention to her Lauren as we remember is a coont (laughs) and then I think Jessica's also upset because Mike wanted to sit next to her in the car and then Bella has to like convince Mike to let Jessica like sit between them yeah, that was pretty good. But St. Bella, she's matchmaking as usual. Um, we actually had, um, Nicole pointed out, a very nice beach description. So we wanted to just give at least one point to Stephanie. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, very nice setting of that scene. Like, I actually thought it sounded gorgeous. It did. It did. She, like, had a very nice description of just, like, the wildlife and everything, which you just kind of don't expect from something like this. So thank you for at least that. <laughs> A nice little breath of fresh air to have, like, a genuinely well-written passage. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then, once they're there, Bella reminisces about falling down in tide pools when she was a kid, and then they go to tide pools where she falls down some more, which is number six instance of her falling down. 
Yeah, um, I also would like to point out that a lot of Bella's memories, just in general, throughout the book, involve falling down, which I think is really <laughs> funny. It's almost relatable. <laughs> almost relatable. <laughs> I'm like a fellow clumsy girl, uh, yes, but Bella to an extreme. <laughs> and then... This is where we finally get our first instance of Jacob and his little gang of wolves. Well, the wolves, the the soon to be wolves. Jacob has like Jacob has a ponytail. He does. Oh my god, I literally put it in my notes. I was like long hair Jacob. Like I just had to point <laughs> it out. We love long hair Jacob, little baby Jacob before he has his like crazy alpha wolf growth spurt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We love his extensions or wig. I don't know what he was wearing in the movie. But <laughs> Man, I guess. Okay, so I guess to be fair, he has not become a wolf yet at this point. That's true. That is true. Um, but Jacob comes and sits down and Bella starts talking to him. And then Lauren's jealous again because Jacob likes Bella. Yeah, and I think that Lauren is like, well, why didn't you just invite the Cullen, Bella, like she's so salty, like it's ridiculous, like sour grapes. <laughs> yeah, she's she's definitely trying to start some drama right there. So then Sam comes in and just is like, no, they don't come here. And then Bella turns on the charm to try to get information out of Jacob. Yeah, she's like, well, what the heck is going on with that? Why don't the Cullens come here? What are y'all talking about? Like, she's like, oh, my boyfriend you guys don't like the cullen yeah and this like kind of felt made me feel icky there's a part where it's described that bella looks at jacob and she's trying to do it in the way that edward looks at her oh yeah like she's trying to like actively like i mean uh, like this is just... describing how she's trying to manipulate him by flirting i don't know and i was like wow and she's conscious of how she's trying to manipulate him like it's not even just like oh i'm clumsily flirting because i don't know how it's like she's consciously like i am tr trying to flirt with you to get information yeah, and I didn't catch that the first read-through. I thought that she was just like, especially spoilers a little bit, I guess, but in book two, I kind of thought that she just like wasn't being honest as opposed to going out of her way to be dishonest. Does that make sense? Like she was just withholding the information that she didn't like him as opposed to actively trying to trick him. Um, so what rereading that, I was like, oh, what the <laughs> actively a terrible person uh i just like this is when honestly i lose a lot of respect for her just like as a character not that i had a lot of respect for her she doesn't really <laughs> like she doesn't she's kind of just like the whole point of bella is that she is the same texture and consistency as white bread and <laughs> that was good it's true she she's a, she's a little bit bland but i guess this is a personality trait manipulative that's a personality trait that she's like manipulative yeah definitely a personality trait um so then we get some backstory jacob ends up telling her he's like i can't tell you and she's like it's okay tehe i'm not gonna tell anybody and he's like okay i'll tell you these all these <laughs> men are just like oh bella's cute i don't care that i have like these lifelong family secrets let's tell her everything so he tells her the story about like the werewolves 
and the cold or like the wolves i think he doesn't call them werewolves and the cold ones the cold and one. how they are enemies and how humans cannot be around the cold ones because it's dangerous yes it's like his uh native tribes like ancestral legends that they're descended from like these wolves that uh then the wolves were like their brothers and the wolves helped defended them defend them from the cold ones and they become wolves and he just shares like this whole like ancestral history with bella like in the guise of i think he asks her like do you want to hear a scary story yeah. which is a little bit dismissive of like his cultural traditions but like i mean they're not my cultural traditions they're- so horny teenage boys you don't need to have respect (laughs) i guess that's fair (laughs) completely joking completely joking absolutely joking uh it does come off a little weird oh yeah yeah it definitely does especially since like like it is supposed to be like like he literally says i can't tell you like it's a secret It's like it's a secret yeah we can't tell anybody and she's like bats her eyelashes are you sure you can't tell me and he's like well i guess i can yeah, not the thinking with the wrong head. <laughs> and then Mike shows back up and Jacob's like, is that your boyfriend? Because everyone has a crush on Bella, <laughs> obviously. Everyone thinks that Mike is her boyfriend because he won't leave her alone. Um, and again, like Bella, I guess he hasn't like been forward with Bella about like, hey, I like you, but it's obvious. And she like she hasn't told him no. She hasn't been like, hey, let's just be friends. Like maybe she could have done that. But like Mike should take the hint. He should definitely take the hint, absolutely, but also, you're right, like, Bella is, like, the queen of, like, ultimate passivity. She she doesn't, like, lead him on, necessarily, but she doesn't ever turn him down. She doesn't correct it or tell him that, like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not into you like that, or, like, you know, I think we're really good as friends. I guess it's establishing a pattern and I'm just now connecting the dots because I'm like, oh, she's doing with Mike what she's going to do to Jacob in the future. (laughs) Yep. So that's the beginning of Jacob and leading him on for the next, I don't know, canonically like six months or something. Yeah, but it's like the next what, like, like the whole rest of the books until the fifth. (laughs) Oh, my God. We cannot get into the fifth book right now. Chapter seven. Nightmare. The next chapter, Bella's finally starting, guess not finally, very quickly starting to connect the dots between Edward and the vampires. Oh yeah, she has a prophetic dream, uh, which I found pretty amusing because I don't think that that power necessarily continues, but she's kind of been doing that a lot. Like, and I don't know if it's supposed to be some kind of like oh she has like some kind of deep soul connection with edward but she literally had a dream where he has like pointy teeth and he's like beckoning her with like dark eyes and literally (laughs) jacob turns into a wolf so i'm like nice prophetic yeah it's very on the nose it is not subtle in the slightest so her prophetic dream happens and she wakes up and she Google's vampires. Yeah, she's just starting to make all the connections. She's starting to make all the connections once that happens. Yeah. She's really... Which I don't honestly know that I would have jumped to vampires already. I don't think so either. I think at this point in the story, I don't even think I would have jumped to Supernatural. Like, her clues were, like, 
I guess skipped the blood typing test was weird, but like he just like kind of wanted to skip class. Like that's not that weird. And then like he doesn't eat. And what was the other one? Oh, he didn't go to the beach and Jacob told the story. So I guess that's like the biggest clue. And then the, I guess that in combination with the blood typing test specifically wanting to be skipped, maybe. Yeah, but honestly, I think that if, like, you know, if my friend had told me some sort of, like, cultural, like, I don't know, I just, I don't think that I would take that, like, at face value and then just suddenly be like, okay, well, they must be vampires. I guess I live in a universe where mythological beings actually exist. Like, my my brain just would not go there. Same, same. And she tries to rationalize it to herself. We thought this was so funny. Quote, if it was a reflex to save lives, how bad could he be talking about how he saved her? Yeah, I don't think that's a really good metric for, like, anything. But, like, okay, Bella. She just, she's, like, very convinced that Edward is, of course, like, a good little angel baby. Like I didn't let the person I want to boink get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> I must be a good person. <laughs> I must be an angel. <laughs> And then we have a scene at home later. She's just like doing homework, but she is thinking in her head about like what she would do if he was a vampire. And she thinks to herself that it's hard for her to make decisions, which just goes back to what we were just saying about how she's just so passive about everything. So she has an ounce of self-awareness. She knows that she has this problem. She does, at least. You know, Bella, I think we've said before, Bella is our self-aware queen. So that's true. That is true. That is one of her character traits. <laughs> oh my god we were dying at this part when she opens the window and is surprised it doesn't stick right okay yeah so like that is just such a little throwaway line in this book but it just kind of like makes me really think because like having read midnight sun which is essentially just like this but from edward's point of view and it's like five times as long it, like there's a scene in which he like uses WD forty on her window because he's like been like in her room like creeping at her while she's like already. But just like honestly, that was my favorite part of like the entire Midnight Sun book was specifically that Edward brought WD forty for her window. Oh my god, me too. I was dying. I was like, he is not putting WD-40 on her window. And then when you go back <laughs> and read Twilight, and it's here! Like, it's written it's in right here. here! It just brought me, like, a lot of joy. I was, like, 10,000 points. And this is why we fucking love Twilight. I know, it's so unhinged that it's just incredible. So, then she goes to school again. This was just gross. Like, Mike touches her hair and is like, oh, my God, there's, like, red in your hair. And we're like, ew, like, don't touch her. Don't touch <laughs> Don't touch me. Don't touch me ever. Like, yeah. literally, do not touch me, sir. Don't touch my hair. So social distancing now. Like, yeah, after 2020, nobody would be, be up in there touching her hair like that. Absolutely not. The Colin table's empty once again. Edward's still not there. Oh, because it's sunny. It's sunny out today yep. that's why bella's having such a good day and that's why oh yeah oh that's interesting that that's like the one thing that like i don't know she's trying to make them opposites like she you know can't stand the sight of blood interesting yeah but yeah she is spiraling downward in misery is how they described it because she didn't get to see him at lunch bella's drama yep and then um she ends up deciding to go dress shopping which is interesting 
with Jessica and Angela and Lauren. The uh oh drama. <laughs> And then she's reading a book at home later where everyone is named something Edward adjacent. Okay, so she's reading Pride and Prejudice. Well, she's reading like a Jane Austen collection. So it has like all of the Jane Austen books. And so I think she starts on Sense and Sensibility and the main uh, love interest in Sense and Sensibility is Edward. And then she switches to Mansfield Park, which the uh main guy and that is Edmund and she's like weren't there any other names available in the late 18th century and I was like that dear Bella in itself is a clue <laughs> intent chapter eight Port Angeles Bella and Angela and Jessica are finally going dress shopping for the dance that Bella's not going to yeah, I think she, like, says something at first. At the beginning of the chapter, she seems, like, really genuinely excited to be hanging out with the girls, which, like, I get. Sounds, like, fun. Like, a bit of shopping. We love shopping. A little bit of girl time. But what's her name? Lauren? She's not there. Lauren's not there. Yeah. Fuck Lauren. <laughs> um, and then they reveal to her at one point that Tyler has told everyone that Bella and him are going to the dance. To prom, to prom specifically, because I think there's like a dance that's happening. That's like the, I don't know if they call it the Sadie Hawkins dance, but it's essentially like the Sadie Hawkins dance where it's like the girls ask the guys, but all the guys ask Bella. But I think Tyler wants to take her to prom. Oh, so is that different? Yeah, this is okay. like the the Sadie Hawkins dance, effectively. Like the girls okay, ask the so guys. It's very American of them to have multiple dances. <laughs> Oh, yeah, for sure. That part struck me funny because, like, not with a dance, but, like, that's happened to me. Like, one time in high school, like, I remember being at art class and someone was like, oh, are you going out with so-and-so? And I was like, what? Who is that? And they were like, wait, you don't know who that is? And I was like, no. And they were like, oh, well, he's telling everyone that you guys are dating. <laughs> that's relatable to probably almost no one, but. I did one time meet a guy that was insane enough to create a lie like that. Oh, dear. Yeah, that's <laughs> no good. That's totally nuts. After that, Bella starts prying for more information about the Cullens because she can't help herself. She's just curious. And I think doesn't uh, Jessica tell her that, like, they all go out of town to go camping, yes. like, whenever the weather is nice. Like, even Dr. Calling Carlisle, my husband, my love. Yep, even Carlisle. It's just kind of interesting, too. You know, like, listening to this book, like, as an adult. Because, like, that means he just literally, like, just, like, if there's a sunny day, he's like, okay, well, it doesn't matter if you're, like, dying. Uh, He just, like, abandons his patients. He's just like, well, I just got to, really got to get this camp. I never thought of that. Uh, Especially as a child, like that didn't stand out to me yeah. at all. But even now, just completely went over my head. There's, there must be another doctor on staff. I'm sure. No, I'm sure there's like other doctors because otherwise he yeah. literally couldn't do it. Like he works at a fucking hospital. Yeah, no, that's a good point. He just he just wouldn't be able to. They'd be like, no, you, no, like you can't do that. Um. So then Bella decides she needs to go to a bookstore because she can only take so much girly shit. I do love a bookstore. And pretty much immediately, a group of men start following her. Oh, yeah. She's, like, separated from the group for, like, two seconds in, like, this tiny little, like, sleepy, like, Washington 
town, like Pacific Northwest, at least North Northwestern. It is yes. Washington. Yeah. It, it just immediately, like she finds the skeeziest like segment of the population. They can sense her presence. Anywhere in Bella's vicinity is like target acquired. <laughs> they sense her presence and just flock to her. Perfect opportunity for Edward to just show up out of absolute nowhere and drive in. And save Bella. Save the day. Which, I mean, like, applause. It's, like, probably, like, one of the few, like, truly, like, good things that Edward does. I mean, honestly, like, it's, I know we're making fun of it, but, like, the realism of, like, women not being safe, like, to walk in certain areas is, like, non-withstanding to, like, our commentary on like the ridiculousness of this situation because it is very true that like women are like targeted like at a vastly like higher rate than men in that sort of situation and like we do applaud edward for like stopping (laughs) that situation no one wants that he may have been stalking her to get there but he did something nice in a roundabout way yeah yeah, so, like, we do, we will give kudos where they're due. Yep, yep, good job, Edward. You did at least one good thing. So then they go and, like, meet up with Angel and Jessica again, and they're like, we're freaking out of here. Edward takes her to go meet them at the restaurant, and they come out, and they've already eaten. We already ate, Bella, sorry. And uh- Fuck you guys, we're out of here. Yeah, which is, like, wild to me, because, like, I I just, like, I can't imagine a situation in where, I, where I'm, like, in a different town with, like, a friend that, like, I drove there with, and they just, like, don't show up. <laughs> they just leave. How far is where they are now from where they live? I think, like, an hour. I can't remember exactly what they said, but poor Angelus is definitely, like, outside. I wonder if they're just, like, pissed at her. Just for being too pretty? Just for, like, hanging out with Edward out of nowhere. Well, I mean, that's true, but, like, they didn't know that, like, Edward had come to save her. He just, like, shows up with her, and they're like, oh, sorry, Bella, we already ate. Like, we weren't, like, concerned about where you were at all. They were chowing down while she was about to get essayed. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, Bella has shitty friends. Wow. That's horrible. So, poor Angelus to Forks is one hour and six minute drive, according to Google. All right, yeah, about an hour outside of Forks. Yeah, imagine going out of town with your friends and they're like, you can find your own way home, right? (laughs) You're good, right? You know, we drove here together, but like... Or just like... It doesn't matter, like, yeah, or you're just, like, we're just gonna leave you to fend for yourself in, like, a strange city. Where you almost got essayed five seconds ago. Yeah. I mean, they didn't know that to their, like, you know... No, but did they ask? Did they ask? (laughs) They weren't like, Bella, how was the bookstore? They were like, well, that ravioli was great. Late a bit. They they didn't. They did not ask. (laughs) They already ate. Peace. (laughs) Okay, I will stop shitting on them. We could move on. So they they end up going and eating dinner, just Bella and Edward. And Edward is possibly flirting with the waitress on purpose or possibly not on purpose. But Bella points it out and she's like, are you aware that you dazzle people? 
and he's like i don't know i the whole dazzling thing is just like a watered down sort of like vampire power you know like vampires are they're they're very attractive and like you know that's a thing that like people are drawn to them but like i don't know the way that stephanie writes it is just a bit like i don't know milk toast for me yeah yeah you did mention that like that's kind of what was going on but yeah they don't go full into like the vampire-ness of it all which is the cool part they end up talking about he ends up talking about like his eye color changing like with his mood a little bit oh yeah bella is like super perceptive she's like your eyes are super light i thought you'd be in a great mood when your eyes are dark you're really crabby and like I don't know. Bella has, like, so much intuition about other people, it's crazy. Like, I think there was a situation in the car, like, when her and her friends were driving to Port Angeles, where, like, she's like, Angela shot me, like, a thankful glance, like, where she just understands how everybody's feeling with, like, no, which I guess, like, does kind of come back around later (laughs) in book five. So we'll get there. They did have one cute moment where Edward loans Bella his jacket that was kind of actually coupley oh yeah i do love a man yeah we love an oversized I do love a man jacket yeah especially when it's like a boyfriend jacket and it has the smell and like it does talk about how bella smells it (laughs) and i'm like relatable actually (laughs) like i I really liked that so after that they end up talking about the guys that were following her and edward's just like Basically implies that if he hadn't gone to dinner with Bella, he would have gone and murdered these people because they were thinking some bad stuff. Which, uh, I mean, like, it's just like kind of, you know, like, oh, Edward's dangerous. Edward, like, you know, is like a big scary monster. Only Bella lets the light out of Edward. But like, they did say that her days were up or I think he said her days were up when he met her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, your number was up when the instant that you met me. I did kind of like that, actually, though. But I I love me a monster. He's scary. He's a scary guy. He's scary. <laughs> I love me a scary man. Fictional. Fic- o- fictional only scary man. Yeah, only in fantasy is this okay. I th- also think fantasies are okay to have. Yeah. You're allowed to like scary men in your fantasy. In your Yeah, like keep it in the books totally safe in real life perfect balance chapter nine theory so it opens they're still in the car they're still in the car yeah like that's kind of weird for this book that doesn't happen that way all the time where like it just it ends and picks up in the exact same place at the start of the next chapter that's just like that's not how it usually goes it's usually day by day yeah yeah she actually did something a little different this time Good for her. Yeah, changing mm-hmm. it up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> Bella confronts Edward because she did all her internet research about what he is. Yeah, she's like, oh, can I, like, make one more guess? Like, I have one more theory. And he's like, oh, sure, you know, like, <laughs> theories. Yeah, is that when Bella, he's like, where did that come from? Where did you get this theory? And she says that she talked to her friend on the reservation over the weekend. And he, his father is an elder. The Quileutes have long memories, is what Edward says. Yes. 
and she basically just tells him that he told her the theory, but then is like, oh, but like he just thought it was a myth, but obviously Edward f- freaking knows like Ex- that Jacob's instantly. not a regular person. So yeah, <laughs> well, it, he knows. I think that probably that Jacob has the potential to not be a regular person, but he knows that they know. Like, the Quillutes are the only people in the area that Quillu elders, like, yeah. wouldn't know. And they didn't wait long enough. Carlisle did not wait long enough to come back to Forks. Billy's father or grandfather, like, knew Carlisle. Like, it, they didn't wait enough generations to come back to this area. I see. So they're still pissed at each other. They're yeah, well, they still remember him specifically they're like no you're the dude that came oh i see it's that guy like you are the guy you are literally the guy that was here just a few generations ago like (laughs) we know um and then edward's also pissed because bella says that jacob said that edward and his family aren't dangerous because they only eat animals and edward's like bitch i just went to dinner with you and told you i was gonna murder some guys (laughs) I'm trying real hard to keep up my dangerous facade right now. Exactly, exactly. Edward is very (laughs) offended. I think he's like, he said, I'm not dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) He was pissed. He was like, I've been trying so hard to appear dangerous. Like 20 minutes ago, you were eating ravioli. I was telling you about murder. And now, you apparently don't think I'm dangerous. Apparently, yeah. Uh, Eddie Big Mad. (laughs) And he big mad. And Bella was big mad that um Edward like came back a few days before. And she's like, oh, where were you? Like you weren't back in school. Like you got back like on Sunday. And where have you been all week? She she can't live without him. She's she's already in two. Yeah, deep. she she basically admits that like later in this conversation because I think that he says that it makes him anxious to be away from her and then she's like well it makes me feel the same way it's it's true love okay true love leave them alone <laughs> <laughs> we do have some very classic lines in oh. here like the how long have you been 17 oh my god like oh my gosh like, takes me fucking takes back. Me back kristen stewart and robert pattinson forever like honestly <laughs> that movie is immaculate <laughs> It is. I think that was one reason why the, or I mean, the movie was one reason why I like didn't picture the scene in the car because aren't they like in a forest yeah, or something? Yeah. I, or she says, "How long have you been seventeen? Yeah, it's definitely not in like the car. I prefer it this way, honestly. Like, I actually like really liked this scene, uh, except for the fact that you know, of course, like <sighs> Stephanie Meyer takes all the fun out of vampires. She does. She does. She takes like every I'm guessing she didn't want it to be like cliche, but I feel like some of those things are why people like vampires. Oh, that's definitely why I personally like vampires like and I like am an Anne Rice reader. And like, you know, there's pieces that you can really see that like she was influenced a lot by Anne Rice, but took all the fun out of the type of like broody, beautiful, like fucking dangerous, like vampire that Anne Rice is like is really good at in her series. And Stephanie just, you know, took it and made it a vanilla wafer. <laughs> Edward's trying so hard to keep up his facade and it's just not working. <laughs> and he's not doing enough spooky stuff. No, I miss the spooky stuff. I live for this. Yeah, that's why they're fun. <laughs> Bella's like sleeping in coffins. He's like, myth. Oh yeah. He, she's just like listing things. He's like, myth. 
Myth. Myth. <laughs> but he does say he can't go in the sun and that he promises to show Bella why. why. Yeah. So the, that's the meadows coming up. We have that to look we forward have that to. to look forward to. I'm going to have traumatic flashbacks to Midnight Sun. I'm going to block those out right oh now. Oh my God. I have um, so many flashbacks to Midnight Sun. A future, future podcast, Midnight Sun. Yeah, maybe we yeah. will actually benefit. <laughs> maybe, maybe we can trudge all the way through it. <laughs> Speaking of other things, like other media, when she said, Holy crow, and you pointed out that Anna from Shades. Fifty Shades oh, yeah. says that. I like lost my mind because I love looking for the comparison. Oh my gosh, yes. No, Anna is like, I think Anna says holy crow like a lot of times in the book. Like, I can't remember exactly, but she says it constantly. And I think Bella only says it like a couple of times. So it's really funny. <laughs> I, I love a good callback. Okay, so Edward drops her off. Tells her to sleep well, which I just thought was funny because she's been having all these dreams about him. And I'm like, does he know? Does she know that he knows? Whatever. But then she gets inside and Jessica calls her like immediately. And it said that she was relieved and surprised that Bella got home. I'm like, so y'all literally just left her knowing full well she like probably gonna wasn't going to get home. Get home or like you right. thought you were leaving her with somebody like dangerous. Like they obviously think that Edward is dangerous. Like. Yeah, And so that's good. His facade is working to like everybody else. It is somebody. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> a Bella, but, but somebody. somebody. Exactly. So like, but it's just crazy to me that they would just like fucking leave her in another town. Like, <laughs> Imagine if I like just fucking left you and called you like hours later. Like I just left you in a town you had never been to. And like four hours later, I call you and I'm like, Oh, you did make it home. Wow, I'm so I'm shocked. So relieved. Yeah, no, literally, I, I don't even think we would have done that when we were 17. No, I definitely don't think. I've never been left anywhere by you. Don't think I ever actually, like, abandoned Anyone. you at another or town. Or That's just so insane Like, why me. would you, you come together, you leave together? That's the first rule of girl code. Like. My God, someone I know did that. Someone I know, I won't say any names, but went to, a, like, two people I know went to an anime con together, and one of them, like, literally went home without the other one and was like, oh, I thought you had a ride. Oh, that's so messed up. I know. Like, but even when it happened, when I was, like, 19, I was like, oh, my God, that's, like, why would you do that? That's insane. I could exactly. never. Like, I don't know. And especially, like, a group of <laughs> girls, like, and you just left her with, like, a, a boy from your class. I don't know. That was a bad decision. Yeah, I don't know. It's a little bad weird. Bad decision. Jessica. Yeah. Don't Jessica and Angela, bad move. I can see maybe relieved she got home, but surprised. Like, you saw yeah. her. You had a chance to be like, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> Let's communicate. But you didn't. You were like, You were Bye. just like, okay, yeah, totally. We can leave you. I don't even think they, like, asked. Bella they just like Edward was just like I'm gonna take Bella to dinner you two can go home and they were like okay <laughs> god Jesus. bad friends bad friends all I have to say but at least Jessica did call to check on her so like I guess a little bit of props given there <laughs> oh circling back to classic lines we have another one it's the last thing that happens in the whole chapter uh she says I was unconditionally and irrevocably in love with Oh it. my god. Just chef kiss classic line right there. Chef kiss great line, yeah. Mm -hmm. <sighs> I want that on a t-shirt. Make that happen. 
We're, we're going to have a lot of t-shirts by yes. the end of this. Yes. All the merch. <laughs> Give it to me. Oh my god, we should like actually make a bunch of shirts and then like do an unboxing oh my god. <laughs> of all the shirts that we said. That's such a good idea. Chapter 10. Interrogations. Edward surprises Bella uh, by showing up at her house and offering to give her a ride to school. Yeah, that's nice of him. I like approve, I guess. It's controlling, but like I... <laughs> that's that's true i didn't think about the fact that like that is kind of considerate of him but she does have a car but also like i don't know if i wanted to see someone and they showed up i guess it's just perspective yeah yeah it's very teenager the whole thing is very teenager this whole relationship and book and everything is just so teenager but you know it is the young adult novel. <laughs> yeah, I was really, really feeling that the last chapter when she had hung out with this guy like three times and she's like, I love him. I'm like, oh my God, it's like... I love him. I'm irrevocably, uh, obsessively in love with him. And I'm just like, oh, are you, sweetie? Yeah, are you? That's... I don't know. I feel like that's how my teenage brain worked. Like, I got a crush on a guy and I was like, that's it. We love each other. <laughs> we're we're going to be together forever. You know, I freaking it hate the dude that i had a crush on oh yeah god let's <laughs> oof yeah save for oof. for for you and for me exactly <laughs> so anyway um edward and bella show up and jessica's like wtf what's going on oh yeah i think it says that, like she's waiting there with her eyes bugging out it <laughs> <laughs> was a really funny image Jessica's like, I'm about to interrogate her in class. Like, I gotta know everything. Even though I abandoned her, I need the details. Oh, yeah. Edward, like, tells Bella that, like, she's gonna get, like, the fourth degree or the third degree in class. And uh, Bella is like, tell me what she's gonna ask. And he's like, that's not fair. She's like, no, what's fair and not fair is you not sharing what you know. And I just thought that was funny. Yeah, and Edward alludes that he's gonna, or maybe he says it, I can't remember, but he says that he's gonna basically read Jessica's mind so he can tell what they're talking about. So that he can eavesdrop on, like, what Bella says about Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of rude. I do think that's a creative way to use that power, though. It is. I would do it. I, li I like that. Yeah, it's, it's a little evil, but I like the way that part specifically is written. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and we did notice that Edward touched Bella's hair, which Mike did before, and I think she liked it. But no, she totally liked it. She was like, yes, like, yes, excellent when Edward touched her hair. But, like, when Mike did, she was like, ew, which, I mean, I mean, valid. She is, That's like, fair. Gotta, gotta get consent. Uh, irrevocably in love with Edward, so she would yeah. like it if he touched her hair. Yeah. All right, so then after class... Edward meets up with Bella and they're in the cafeteria and he gets a ton of food and she's like, what the heck? Why are you getting so much food? And he's like, cause we're hungry. Half of it is for me. Yeah. Half of it is what he said. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so they sit down and she's like, so what if someone dared you to eat food? Oh gosh. I fucking love this. He like fucking takes, he like picks up the pizza and he just like takes a bite, just like staring her dead in the eyes. And it's like, if somebody dared you to eat dirt, you could do it. <laughs> I think Bella responds like I did do that once. on the day. <laughs> Oh God. I actually kind of love this whole interaction. 
Yeah, some of their interactions are actually kind of funny. Like their yeah. their banter is pretty good. And then she talks to him about how he's basically just continually trying to push her away. And what did he say? He was like perceptive. Perceptive, yeah. But I don't feel like you need to be that perceptive to figure that out. He's constantly like, I like you, but stay away from me. Let's be friends, except let's not. Like he's just blatantly saying it to her. I don't think you need to be that smart to figure that out. Exactly. And I mean, like, it's fair. It is perceptive. I think what she says is like, sometimes it feels like you're saying goodbye when you're just talking to me. And he's like, perceptive. I just thought it was so funny because it's like, indubitably. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. And I don't mean that like, in uh, Bella's stupid way. I meant it in like, Edward thinks he's mysterious, but I don't think he's as mysterious as he thinks he is. But he's not. He's never been mysterious. Exactly. And then they're just talking about, like, the hunting trip and, like, what kind of animals they like to eat. And at some point, Edward's just, like, talking about, like, Emmett's favorite grizzly bear to eat or something. And I just was like, wait a second, aren't they, like, in the cafeteria just, like, talking about this? They're in the middle of the cafeteria and, like, they're discussing their hunting patterns, like, in detail. Like, he's literally, like, grizzly we were there to hunt bears. Like, a grizzly is Emmett's favorite. My favorite is mountain lion. Like, Emmett is like a grizzly bear when he hunts. <laughs> and I'm just like, y'all are, like, sitting in the fucking... It's, like, it's not hard to eavesdrop on someone in a cafeteria. No! Like, literally two weeks ago, it was like, oh, this is a super secret. This is the ancient secret from the people of vampires. Then she meets Jacob and he's like, oh, it's like a secret. Everyone's like, oh, it's the secrety secret. And then they're just, like, openly talking about everything. Like, two weeks later is, like, how far we are in the timeline of this book. No, I mean, you're completely right. That's, like, it's it's actually like kind of hilarious. I just that really sent me. That was such a good thing to describe. <laughs> Bella asks Edward if she can see him hunt, and he gets all pissed. And she's like actually scared of him. I think for the first time in the for whole the book. First time, yeah. And he like, uh, and she was like, but she tries to hide it. Yeah, she tries to hide it, and she's like, "Oh, what would that be like? Too scary for me?" And he's like. If that was all it was, I would take you out tonight because you could use a healthy dose of fear. Yeah, he just wants her to be spooked 24-7. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, and his whole thing where he's like, you can't possibly think that, like, you care more for me than I do for you. It's just, ah, uh, the cringe. Yeah, it's it's all just goes into his gaslighty manipulation personality where he's just trying to control how she feels and thinks i don't know like at every second yeah exactly like he he even says in this chapter he's like i want to know every single thing you think like he just wants to literally own and completely possess her and i mean like it's just all people are into that People are into that, I guess, but it's so, (laughs) like, it's such a red flag. Like, I don't know. Just, it's, like, the whole thing where this is, like, some, like, like an epic love story that, like, people, you know, like, kids read and they're, like, this is what my relationship should be like. We should be, like, obsessed with each other every fucking second. Oh, yeah, that's, that is not, not ideal. 
no, it's not ideal. And it just like, it gets really that kind of thing. Like it's really apparent. Like this is where it kind of like really gets revving. Oh, definitely. Yeah. When I, when I joke that like some people are into that, I mean like those people that are old enough to then distinguish like fantasy versus reality of like, yes, this is fun to read about in a book, but I know that that would not be a healthy relationship. Like it's just fun to fantasize about, which is totally different from like, you know, you're right. Like this book is for like tweens and stuff. We're reading it. So it's different. Exactly. That's kind of the problem is just that it was written for like a younger audience. And that's, kind of the issue because you're right like you know people who want to could use that fan i personally like love that like little corner of like fan fiction and stuff like you know yeah but then you're like in a healthy loving relationship in real life you don't actually want your partner to act that way (laughs) exactly exactly and that's the difference yeah fun to indulge once in a while in fantasy chapter 11 complications so it's movie day in class and the lights go out and there's some weird tension going on between oh, yeah Ella and Edward. i think that she's like there's like an electricity i just wanted to touch him so badly and um i mean like i've been in high school movie day like is a little gropey i would say <laughs> but you know like a bit over the top, considering that they've only been talking for, like, three days. But they love each other already. Well, that's true. It's love. I can't be unreasonable, I suppose. <laughs> so she wanted to touch him, and then after class, he, like, strokes her face and just, like, walks away. It was so strange. <laughs> Maybe laugh. Weird and creepy-ish. It's, like, literally, he just, like, strokes her face and just turns silently and walks away. And I was like, oh, my God. all right bye i guess (laughs) bye (laughs) um then she makes it to gym class where mike meets up with her mike still exists he's still out there prowling around in the universe golden retriever mike he's he's always there and he casually mentions that edward looks at bella like she's something to eat which oh my god that sent me i lost it it. that was so funny (laughs) Some of Stephanie's little puns, I guess, is I don't know what else to call them. Um, Pretty good. Like inside jokes, almost. Good job, Stephanie. And then Edward's waiting for her again after class to drive her because he's just like with her pretty much all the time now. Last couple days. I think that this is when it starts. Like they're together like literally almost every second of the day. And when they're not, we're, we're knowing about it. And then she brings up, I think on the way home, she's like, well, why can't I see you hunt? And she's, like, asking for details. And he talks about how he'll possibly, like, lose control. Yeah, where he's, like, we give totally into the animalistic. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. And he's just, like, why we lose control when we hunt to have you there. I don't think he's, like, told her yet about how her blood like calls to him like smells no to him, i don't think but, they've like, mentioned that at all yet yeah but like he's obviously like having you there i would lose control like you can never see me like that which is kind of funny because like he does want her to think he's dangerous yeah i guess it's like when you i don't know when you have like a strong craving you're just like not thinking he's like i'm gonna eat you like a sleeve of oreos <laughs> <laughs> relatable 
sometimes we all got to eat a sleeve of Oreos, Edward. <laughs> um, so then it's the next day and Bella's like, don't bring up Saturday. Don't bring up Saturday. And Charlie's like, so, hey, what about Saturday? And Bella's like, well, fuck. <laughs> that, oh, yeah, I thought that was funny. <laughs> so Charlie's just like pressuring her, I guess. Not pressuring her, but like, like, well, are you still going to Seattle? And he really wants her to go to the dance for some reason. Yeah, no, Charlie's just wants her to go to the dance. He's like, well, why can't you go? And she says, it's girl's choice, dad. Like, and he's like, no boys asked you. And I think that's when she says, it's girl's choice, dad. And then I think she has like a whole moment where she's like, what must it be like to be the father of a teenage girl? And I just thought that was funny. <laughs> Probably pretty terrible. But that's Probably. coming from a person who wants children of no existence at all so no um, <laughs> also like i was a teenage girl so yeah i imagine that that wasn't fun for our parents <laughs> probably not <laughs> imagine we were pretty irritating oh man yeah probably <laughs> um so then she's like nope i'm going to seattle so i can see my boyfriend that's not what she says but that's what's going on in her mind and then um, edward picks her up again and oh this is when he interrogates her after charlie leaves oh only after charlie leaves like there's a whole system where charlie leaves and then edward shows up to pick her up for school they're hiding it they're being sneaky and then this is when edward interrogates her the rest of the day that was funny like there was a lot of just like dumb inconsequential questions inconsequential questions he's like what's your favorite color what's your favorite gemstone and then she like i think this is i thought this was really funny when she's like oh it's topaz and then she's like actually before it was garnet but you're that's the color of your eyes today edward is topaz so it's my favorite gemstone oh my god uh yeah she's i don't know did she say that out loud i felt yeah, like she, she Oh my god. Bella, you gotta calm your ass a little bit. Just a little. Like, you're coming on a little strong. Then I guess, then again, I guess Edward's also insane, so maybe it works. <laughs> it's love. Who am I to judge? That's what we just b both have to keep reminding ourselves yeah. you, is that but it is love. love. It is love. How it's dare love. we question it? <laughs> then, Mike's ignoring Bella today for the first time. He's maybe thinking, all right, she's literally with Edward all the time. I don't stand a chance. He's yeah. by himself today. And then she leaves gym class where Edward continues to interrogate her until they get to her house. And then she's like, oh, shit, it's late. Oh, yeah. They like sit outside in the rain in his car for like hours and hours outside her house. I mean, they could go inside and sit on the couch. But like, oh, OK, I forgot. I guess in my mind, I was like. Of course they would go inside. That's a reasonable thing to do. No, I mean, like, yeah, Charlie's not there. They could just go and sit on the couch instead yeah. of in the car for hours. It's very it's a teenager thing to do, to just hang out in the car. It is, it, I suppose. It was never that comfortable, though. Very last thing that happens is Billy and Jacob pull up outside the house. Oh, yeah. I think Edward hears them pull up, and he's, like, just about to let Bella out of the car, and she's like, what's this and he's like it's another complication and thus we have the chapter title and thus the chapter ends 
Oh, actually, speaking of that, before we wrap up this chapter, they actually, when they were talking in the car, they dropped the name of the book. They did. They did. She's like, what time is it? And he's like, it's twilight. And we're like, it is. The saddest time. It's the end of the day. And then she's like, I like the night. In the, you couldn't see the stars if it wasn't dark. <laughs> uh, the metaphor. <laughs> the metaphor, the chapter name drop, the book title name drop, everything. Lot, there's a lot in just that one little bit. There was. Oh, I also was thinking he smiled multiple times in this chapter. And I think once the last chapter, for some reason, I was like, these people are just like broody 24-7. But like, I don't think they are. I think that's just the impression that we get from Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart. I think so. I I literally thought I was like, oh, I think they act that way because it's like that in the book. And I think I just tricked myself into believing no, that. No, it's just because Robert Pattinson was miserable <laughs> while he was filming and hated it the whole time. I was just like, no, the book is like that. He's like, this is ridiculous. But uh, I think he really only smiles at Bella, except for that moment when he smiled at Mike. But I think his smile is kind of disarming to people. Vampires don't really like to show their teeth when they're like when they're trying to be normal people. Chapter 12. Balancing. All right, so it opens. Billy and Jacob are there. They claim that their TV broke. We're very curious about how that happened. They don't tell us, but they're there to watch some sort of sports thing. Sports game. Sports ball. Sports ball. Just do the thing. Win the points. They just show up. It's obviously like Billy checking in on Bella. Like he gives her several significant looks and like Jacob like is like, who are you driving with? Like, is something wrong with the truck? Because he's jealous. He definitely takes the opportunity to maybe get a smidge of flirting in there. Or he tries. Yeah, he tries. (laughs) Bella feels tense all night and then goes to bed. Pretty much. Yeah. Then Edward picks her up. And she just looks at him and thinks that there's nothing about him that can be improved upon. I can't speak, but yes, that just, okay, Bella, okay. There's just this thing about Bella. I wonder how Robert Pattinson felt about playing a person that was described as like angelic and godly and just like perfect in every way. Honestly, that's probably why he looks so fucking grumpy the entire movie. (laughs) I actually have heard that he had a terrible time and like hated it, but I don't know how true that is or if that's just a rumor that I heard. I've also heard that, but yeah, I've never looked up if that's like confirmed that he said he hated it or what. Yeah, but I could imagine hating it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, So they talk more about Bella's history and Edward asks Bella, quote, there's no one you ever wanted when they're talking about her dating history. And I was just like, ew. Ew, that's such a weird question to ask, like a like a 17 year old. Like, that's just like, I don't. She's really like not that old. Like, I know that a lot of people have had a partner by the time that they're 17. I mean, I've had a partner by the time. But But it's just, like, icky, I guess, like, in the context of, like, knowing that Edward's actually kind of old and he's, like, asking a teenager, like, hey, you never wanted to boink anybody? Really? You ever wanted? Like, that's just, like, a weird thing. Like, like, fucking, I used to like people. I used to ask people that all the time. Like, oh, don't you like them? Like, I I wasn't, like, don't you want 
that. Yeah, but if you're a teenager asking another teenager, like, oh, you have a crush on anybody? Like, that kind of thing. That's, like, much different. Exactly. Like, that's super normal. Yeah, that's much different than, like, an old guy asking a teenager, there's no one you ever wanted. I was just, that gave me the ick. Right there. Very much. Yeah, very much the ick. I agree. Very much. So they go to school, and Edward is leaving early with Alice. Bella is sad, as usual. She's just like, oh, I'm just sad that I lost my time. Like, ugh. All right, Bella. And he reassures her that he will see her in the morning, so calm down, Bella. But we do get the opportunity for Bella to meet Alice, which is very exciting, because we love Alice. I love Alice. Alice is one of my favorite characters that is not uh, an unpopular opinion. Like, everybody loves Alice. I think this is also the point where, like, Rosalie first, like, fucking glares at Bella because she's a bitch. Rosalie's a bitch. I'm logging now my opinion of Rosalie. (laughs) I do love Alice, though. Damn Alice. Yep, everybody loves Alice. Then after they leave, uh, Bella meets up with Mike somehow. I think they have class together. Um, And Mike tries to pressure her one final time into going to the dance with their friend group. It's totally okay because it's with the friend group. Oh, my God. I personally would have been would also be annoyed. Like, I actually agree with Bella at this point. Like, I fucking told y'all I'm not going. Like, stop asking. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And she told him. Yeah, she was like, I'm not going. But she said it very point blank. So good job being forward, at least about this, Bella. I'll give her that one. I'll give her a point. Uh, one point. For <laughs> she Bella gets being... one point for being honest. <laughs> this is the one. But Bella being assertive, one point. <laughs> <laughs> then she goes to go home, and obviously Edward drove her to school, so she finds her truck in the parking lot somehow. Alice broke into her house, but we won't find that out till midnight sun. Yep, yep. So we know, we know the things that we're not supposed to know, but it's it's very, like, obvious. They make it obvious anyway that Edward obviously brought her truck there. Finds she finds like a note on her. Yeah, she finds a note on the seat that says, uh, be safe because Edward could never stop telling Bella to be safe. I mean, I, it, not unwarranted considering that Bella is too clumsy for life. And then she goes home and like notes the locks are how she left them. And just knowing what we know now about the window. <laughs> I know. I love the fucking window. Okay, so anyway, uh, Bella folds laundry and thinks about Edward. Um, then she takes some cold medicine and goes to sleep, and she thinks her... And twitches. She does she twitches. twitches. I found that part amusing. She takes a bunch of cold medicine and just lays on her bed twitching until she falls asleep. <laughs> yep, and then she says she slept well thanks to her gratuitous drug use, which just gave us a chuckle. We were like, oh, I just did not expect that to be in a book. Teenagers by Stephanie Meyer. Of this caliber by Stephanie Meyer and in, refer- in reference to cold medicine. Yeah. Like, and she like is like, I can't sleep. I'm going to take this cold medicine. That is a bit <laughs> gratuitous, Stephanie. <laughs> yeah, I just did not expect it um, in this type of book. And I've read this book before and obviously it just went over my head, but I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, man. So then... After she gets up and sleeps well, uh, thanks to her gratuitous drug use, Edward picks her up to go on a five-mile hike. And Oh, in the forest. Yeah, she's very upset about that. I would be, too. I genuinely would be. I would be like, uh, this is not what I signed up for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would, too. I'm not trying to go on no five-mile hike by surprise. 
literally no and she said it was warm and muggy that reminds me too much of fucking florida weather and i ain't not about it so it's nah. the worst time to go on a high agreed so then they talk some more in the car and edward asks if forks makes bella suicidal she's asking weird which i was just like whoa so we're like taking drugs and we're suicidal like all the last like two paragraphs all it's right just that, like he asked her if she's suicidal if forks makes her suicidal because she like ha- she won't tell anybody that she's like with him so she's so he's like if i kill you there won't be like any like trail back to me but Bella is like too self-sacrificing, right? So she's like, I don't want if you kill me, Edward, I don't want my death to cause you problems. <laughs> Holy shit, yeah. So Bella is worried about hiking and they hike for several hours and like the gross mugginess. And Bella's Ugh. probably kind of getting pissed, even though she would never ever say so. Probably they're uh, both getting sweaty. Well, he's um, not getting sweaty, but she's getting sweaty. Yeah. And they come to the meadow i'm just gonna call it the meadow we know what it is we're here it's famous the meadow the meadow we're at the meadow the chapter ends with edward stepping into the sun that is all she wrote honestly that's all you need that's all you need well we can end the book right here guys everybody pack it up go home. <laughs> right go home <laughs> like before the vampires get truly desecrated go home <laughs> The first time I read this book, um, I think the next chapter is where I stopped. I just never finished <laughs> it that first time. I guess I had enough. I was like, I did it. Yeah, you like got to the you got to the sparkly vampires, and you were like, "Gosh, dang it! You're taking all the fun out of this." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that was it. This is what everyone's freaking out about." All right, uh, that's enough. <laughs> well, I'm glad. That we came back to it later in life, and so that you could truly appreciate the fucking horrific phantasm <laughs> that is Twilight with me. I feel enlightened. Chapter 13. Confessions. So the chapter opens, and we have our first scene of Edward sparkling in the sunlight. Oh my god, the sparkling begins. This is the <laughs> impetus of all of it. I think she says that his skin, like, like shimmers, like it's got, like, hundreds of facets, like a diamond. I just, sparkly vampires. Honestly, I do kind of love it as a concept now that it's, like, in the zeitgeist, but it really does take, like, all the freaking fun out of vampires, just, like, entirely. And also, like... She could have made it in addition to, instead of... And instead of. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But like, I think the traditional, I guess maybe she like didn't want to have them like get immolated in the sunlight the way vampires do in like traditional vampire media. But I don't know. It's just lame. Like, it's just lame. Personal opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people share your sentiment. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of people out there. We're like, oh, my God, I can't believe she said she doesn't like the sparkly vampires. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. I don't think that's an unpopular opinion. No, no, not at all. <laughs> um. So then Bella tries to touch Edward and he like freaks the fuck out. And oh, yeah, he says he's only human as a pun, basically. I thought that was funny. But also his like. Just the way his emotions, like, switch in this chapter is, like, crazy. Like, he's, like, back and forth 
Yeah, Edward is like the textbook definition of an abuser. It's like, oh, I'm going to freak out, make you think it's your fault, and then be like, whoopsie, sorry, you know I didn't mean it, though. I'm so sorry, <laughs> I love you so much. Like, I'm, like, I would never do anything to hurt you. Um, and as he's doing this, Bella thinks he's, and I quote, never been less human or more beautiful. <laughs> I agree with Bella as somebody who also enjoys the not so human boys. I, mm. I can I can see where Bella's coming from here. <laughs> uh, but he says he can't control himself, but it's all right because he's not thirsty right now. So he's not going to kill her yet. <laughs> so many squirrels, guys. He ate so many squirrels. Like, he's fine. <laughs> I wonder how much blood is in a squirrel. I feel like not much. I think that he like I think he talks about him and Alice like going like in Midnight Sun. It like they he they go to like a park and just hunt like a jillion squirrels. They like decimate the local small oh wildlife. They're, they are terrible for the environment, just like letting your cat outside. <laughs> 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 oh my god vegetarian vampires as bad for a local eco ecosystem <laughs> wait we need to start a campaign about this the people need to know <laughs> they're destroying the environment <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that's good that should go on a shirt we it should, should put that on a shirt all right we're doing shirt unboxing it's coming guys yeah. <laughs> So you wanted me to put a note here uh, to bring up the fact that Stephanie Meyer made Edward a virgin. Oh, yeah. I just like you can really start to like tell in this chapter because he kind of like says it at, at a certain point. But it's just like so interesting to me. And it's like it honestly, I was like thinking about this like quite a lot. Actually, Stephanie Meyer like essentially wrote Edward as like a Jane Austen character from the turn of the 20th century like the way he talks and like the way he's like oh like i'm a virgin like i'm like saving myself well, i don't know he doesn't but he it's like i've never been interested in anybody before you like i've just been asexual this entire time <laughs> like as a 17 year old boy for over 100 years okay all right that's all i have to say i just think i just think it's interesting and it's like it's definitely a subversion of the usual vampire tropes, which is at least interesting. But once again, just lame. I guess probably her ideal man would be a virgin if she's Mormon. So she probably was like, oh, this is my ideal. So let's yeah, put that Stephanie, in there. Stephanie, obviously from this whole book, Stephanie really wants to date like a turn of the 20th century gentleman. That's essentially what Edward is. She could have just wrote this in the olden days uh but then she wouldn't i think she also likes vampires true which like i don't blame her there's like a lot of shit in here that's like really kind of like gleaned from like so much other so many other like fictional vampire stories like there's little bits of like buffy in here even oh interesting yeah i've seen buffy so I need you to point these things out for me buffy yes is my favorite show i would be happy to like to to illuminate the thing the like the parallels that I see but yeah I just like it's just like honestly she essentially vampirized the vampire genre like she just sucked all the fun and joy and sex out of it <laughs> can't have any of that that would be too far in our like blood-sucking creatures of the night you know yeah yeah that would just be too far <laughs> Okay, that's just 
something that really interests me. Complete side tangent. <laughs> no problem. Um, okay, so then Edward talks about people preferring different flavors and basically compares different blood types or like scents or whatever to like vanilla and strawberry and stuff. So, yep, we're food guys. Some people prefer chocolate. Some people prefer strawberry. Like everyone is slightly different. Like I just like I really just I do appreciate like the little bits of just like the frank discussion of just like is it did he ever say what it's based on like is it based on blood type or diet or like no it's just i think it's just like one of those things it's like every little special snowflake has a different smell just like we're all individuals <laughs> like i see all right so then they discuss for a good while um edward's continuous restraint from killing her and they just reminisce on like how he tried to avoid her by like leaving school and like how how many times He's not killed her. <laughs> yup. It's like how he had to read Jessica's mind because poor baby can't read a single, like, one singular person's mind and that's bothering him. Yeah, like, immensely. Yeah, they discuss this at length. Like, it's actually quite a long conversation they have where it's basically just boiled down to, like, look how good I'm doing at not murdering you. Yay! <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay for Edward. Eddie's doing great. Uh, another classic line, just want to point this out, uh... And so the lion fell in love with the lamb. Oh, gosh. I just, I really like that line. And then Bella's like, what a stupid lamb. And then Edward agrees with her that she is stupid. Can any of us disagree at this point? No. <laughs> so Edward uh, grabs Bella's hand at one point and actually moves it to touch his face, which is just interesting because she tried to touch him earlier and he like ripped a tree in half. <laughs> but <laughs> I guess he like wanted her to do it now. And Bella's so happy. She's like, I dreamed of this. This is great. And then he, Edward's like, climb on my back. And she asks if he's going to turn into a bat, which just made me laugh. Oh. <laughs> uh, that part made me laugh a lot, too. I honestly, I miss the bat like transformation. I think that's a great little bit of vampire lore. That would have been kind of funny because Jacob can actually turn into a turn wolf. Into so wolf, right, like they should be able to turn into something. Um, and this is where like the classic line in the movie is, "Hold on tight, Spider Monkey." <laughs> <laughs> My favorite line. I did get disoriented at one point. I was like, "When are they gonna climb up the tree?" And Nicole's like, "No, no, sweetie, like that's not happening." <laughs> <laughs> oh. We should watch the movie at some point. That would be. We absolutely should movie review movie review coming soon all right so bella climbs on edward's back where he proceeds to run like an anime character which i made the connection we were talking earlier you know how like inuyasha because you made this connection that he was running like inuyasha or shishoburo when they sniff around they're like oh i recognize so-and-so's scent <laughs> you that was an uncanny imitation <laughs> there's something there there's something there that should be a fan fiction, like, crossover. I agree. I agree with you 500,000%. And I just, like, am really impressed by your imitation of Inuyasha just then. <laughs> Thank you. But we shall move on, because this is not an Inuyasha podcast. No, no, I will calm down for now. <laughs> for now. All right, and our, our final thing, uh, one of the last things that happens is they finally kiss. And after they kiss, who was it? I think it's Bella. She says, oops. Bella says, oops, yeah, because, like, Edward, like, so very gently and gentlemanly gives her just the slightest touch of lips. 
like lip to lip contact and bella loses her fucking mind and like tries to like mouth fuck him so <laughs> i mean i don't disagree with bella i would do the same thing but yeah go for it girl yeah i'm like get it like please <laughs> get, like this boy has been a virgin for 107 years <laughs> maybe that's why he pulled away he was like oh god when was the last time i kissed somebody never Never. I don't think he's ever kissed anybody. I don't think. Man, we, this, honestly, this chapter just makes me want to read Midnight Sun, which is awful because it's, it's so long, but we might have to. Fucking masochistic of me to want to read that book again. If we're going to go into the Twilight Extended Universe, though, like, we're probably going to have to. Oh, we will do it. We we're will gonna do have it. to take turns locking each other in a room and like <laughs> yeah. forcing each other to listen to it. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I mean you're not wrong, and I do like I just love the little glimpses. Like the WD forty is one of my favorite things in the oh entire god, world. It's so funny! That's one of my favorite scenes in the whole thing. It's probably the only <laughs> good thing about Midnight Sun. This was the chapter in Midnight Sun when we tried to read it where we couldn't do it anymore. It's like a two hour chapter. And Edward's thoughts are down to like a micro millisecond, and that's all I'll say about it. Cause oh my god, no, I want I did forget to make a comment like back when we were talking about Edward ripping the tray in half. Is like in Midnight Sun, that's him having like a fucking like fourteen page fucking tantrum in his head, like and, like all in the split second it takes him to run to the tree. It's like literally never ending. It's one of the worst things. Yeah, it's so much. It just goes on and on. I think that just no one was, I think they were scared to tell her that she needed to calm down and cut some stuff out. No, she had made too much money. She had made too much money. They were never going to tell her to edit. Nope. She was like, it's done. They were like, are you sure? And she was like, yep. This is exactly how I <laughs> want to. Oh, this is honestly, Midnight Sun is proof to me that like Twilight started as like Stephanie Meyer's like personal masturb masturbation material. <laughs> um, but that is all okay that was a tangent no worries well we won't be able to make any more midnight sun comparisons after this i don't think because we haven't read that far in that no, book that's true we did only get about to here yep yep i don't even think we finished the chapter i think we no. were like we could just <laughs> not do this like we don't have to do this. we don't have to torture ourselves yeah but we might have to the people you know what if we're making content about it if it's for the people i will do it if it's for you guys i promise we will we will we'll do we will this do for you <laughs> we'll have to like get to probably like a certain number of likes on something first tbd chapter 14 mind over matter edward and bella are in the car they're coming back from the meadow they're listening to music, and Edward says he only likes 50s music, I guess, because it's better than, like, 60s and 70s, which is, like, weird take. <laughs> weird take, bad opinion, but, like, okay, go off. I mean, not that music was bad in the 50s. 50s music is good, but... You did say 80s music was okay, so... Okay, that is a correct opinion, but, like, <laughs> taking out the 60s and 70s, just incorrect opinion, if you ask. I agree. Um, and so Edward starts talking a little bit about his past and his family's past. Um, so he's talking about how Carlisle saved him when his family died from Spanish influenza. And then he's talking about how kind of their family came together. 
and the backstories for me was a little dry. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like you don't really get a backstory about anybody. You kind of get like a lot of hero worship of Carlisle. Like Edward's like, I don't think you would find his equal like throughout all of history and like big take, man. And I mean, I get it. Carlisle is pretty great. And also he's like very compassionate and that's his like vampire superpower or something. But you don't really find out anything about anybody. He's just like, this may fell off a cliff and they brought her to the hospital. Literally her backstory. And like, that was it. I was like, that was the best you could come up with that she fell off a cliff. Yeah. Really? Rosalie saved Emmett from being eaten by a bear, which is crazy. And she apparently carried him a hundred miles, like as a human. Like, I don't believe you. Yeah. And she carried him to Carlisle because Carlisle is like the only one of us who can like change somebody without draining them. But, like, somehow she did it, and, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I love Carlisle. Carlisle is my, like, sleeper favorite character, but, man, it's obviously not that hard. Yeah, I agree. I I do like Carlisle, but I thought him telling the backstories was a little dry. I thought maybe, I don't know, it could have been a little more in-depth, or maybe had those stories come out over time instead of just being like, here is a laundry list of every member in my family. And kind of vaguely how they almost died and now they're alive. Yeah. And then like Allison, he talks about Allison Jasper as well. And like they're both like special snowflakes who like found Carlisle and Esme, but they both have powers, which is like what well, I don't get like the distribution of powers in the vampires. Like I think Edward says in this chapter that not all vampires have powers, but all of them do, except for Emmett, unless his power is muscles. Some of their powers kind of suck, though. Like, one of them was just, like, love. Oh, yeah. Esme's power was just, like, Esme. She's, like, she can love compassionately or, like, powerfully or That's something. a terrible superpower. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not a super vampire person, but I can still, ha- I still love. I don't know. That's a terrible superpower. You could, congratulations, you could do something like every fucking person on the planet can do. (laughs) Yeah. And then, like, Rosalie, I guess his power is prettiness. Again, a terrible power. Again, a terrible power. Alice has a cool power. Alice can see the future. Edward's power is pretty cool, too. I think. No, Edward's got the best one, for sure, out of all of them. Yeah, they actually have, like, unique things, though, that, like, a human can't do. I think I did shit on Edward's power earlier, but I think that's because I didn't like how, like, Bella was written out of his power. I kind of think it would have been interesting if if she had to write around the fact that he can read Bella's thoughts and she, like, can't hide from him. Yeah, and then finally we have Jasper. I think we've touched on everybody. Jasper's power is supposedly, like, the most subtle and like interesting but jasper can like influence people's emotions which is actually like if you sit down and actually think about it like a super fucking op power i do like that one and based on what you've said before that's probably the most vampire-y of them yeah that is pretty vampire-y and it also is it is pretty vampire-y and jasper is like definitely the most like, I don't know. I like Jasper's character. Yeah, I like him too. Um, so after we get bombarded with facts about Edward's family. Many facts. Like, it's like you both get bombarded by the facts, but also. 
I just don't like the way they were delivered. Like, it's it's like, you know how when there's a character description and they just are like, she had brown hair and blue eyes and she wore a jacket and sneakers and like that, 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 that. That's kind of how I felt. Where it's like, I don't not want to know what the character looks like and like her style. But at the same time, I don't necessarily need it as like a bullet pointed list all right now. That is a really good point. Yeah. and But I feel like that's very like Stephanie Meyer. That is fair. I'm pretty sure we had a clothing description in like paragraph one or something, if I'm remembering correctly. So I don't know what I expected when I came here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Edward and Bella get back to her house where they talk and Edward sits in Charlie's chair and casually mentions to Bella that he's been sneaking into the house <laughs> and okay. is literally just like, please don't be mad. I literally, okay, so, like, I know that this, like, is an opinion that a lot of people have pointed out, but that is just, like, so over the line. Like, and then he's literally, he, he, like, grabs her hand and is like, please don't be mad at me, and I'm just like, the fucking manipulation. Like, who's not gonna be mad about that? Like, that's insane. And then Bella's like, not, though. Yeah, she's like, well, it depends. I don't know if I'm mad. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? What do you actually mean? He's like been putting, he's been oiling your windows, Bella. (laughs) She doesn't know about the window oiling yet. That would be, that might be too far. (laughs) You've been doing home maintenance. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, I I had to stop at that part. I was like, wow, she ain't even mad that he's just coming into the room and he's talking about how he's watching her sleep and she doesn't even care. She's just like, oh, I might be mad, but I guess I'm not. She's like, I might be mad depending on what you heard. But then like he heard the thing that she didn't want him to hear. And then she's just like, oh, but you're in love with me, so it's fine. And I just, she's not even mad about him coming in. She's just upset that, like, he, like, may have heard her talking in her sleep. She's not focused at all about the fact that he came into her house. That's a valid point. On the fact that he actually came into her house. And, like, it doesn't seem to be a part of this one that vampires have to be invited in. I, I guess not. I guess. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, my God. This fucking book. Oh. <sighs> Okay, we must move on. Yes, we must. We must. Okay, so Charlie gets home. Edward runs up to Bella's room. Charlie is casually like, Bella, don't you have a boyfriend yet? What about Mike Newton? And Bella's like, what about that Mike boy? (laughs) It's so weird. I feel like Charlie regularly is like, why aren't you going to the dance? Why don't you have a boyfriend? Why is Charlie like the only dad in the world? That wants his daughter to date and then brings it up all the time. Like, very brings strange. it up continuously. Man, like, well, you know how my dad reacted the first time I told him I was going on a date? Oh, God, I don't. I don't remember. Isn't that a little drastic? That's what he said to me. I'm so... What? 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 <laughs> what? Like, As yeah. opposed to what? Like, drastic in what way? I, I I don't know. Just probably just like existing as his daughter. Okay. I, my dad's fucking weird, man. I love him, but man, is he weird. <laughs> well, Charlie does not share that sentiment. He wants his daughter to date someone as soon as possible. Charlie wants his daughter to date Mike, apparently. Probably because of that 
sports goods store money. Oh yeah, yeah. He's trying to marry her into some some sporting goods money. <laughs> <laughs> so then, uh, at some point, Bella goes upstairs, and her dad thinks she's sneaking out, so she showers and and like goes downstairs in her pajamas. Yeah. Ugly pajamas, really ugly pajamas. <laughs> like she's in like a holy t-shirt and sweatpants, and I'm like, girl, don't you have some shorts? Like, yeah, why, why do you still have that shirt with those holes in them? I know, I know you can afford another shirt. I know you own another one. Or just like, man, do the like classic and put on the holy t-shirt, but then no pants. There you go. Well, somehow she thinks that like the pajamas are going to convince her dad that she's not sneaking out, which I was just like, you could literally just like change your clothes in like one second, but whatever. It's fine. I'm not going to focus on that. Um, So she goes back upstairs with Edward um, where they discuss more about how hard it is for Edward to be with Bella. And they talk a little bit more about how he watched her sleep. And he says he never imagined wanting to be with someone, apparently. We also discussed that Edward has a lot of, like, deep vampire-y thoughts that, like, aren't actually that deep. No, yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, I've been, like, bringing up Anne Rice a lot just because she's kind of, like, the seminal work on vampires. You know what I mean? And she, like, uh, I feel like these vampires are essentially just the Anne Rice vampires, but, like, she just wanted to make them completely, like, make them adhere completely to, like, her Mormon Christian moral code, which honestly just takes most of the fun out of the vampires Uh, just from somebody who loves vampires it just takes all of the like the fun out of it yeah i feel like she like took away like the emotional depth that could have been there and instead replaced the moral grayness with like but i might kill bella and like that's it like that's his whole personality and there's like not actually anything deeper than like him just being like trust me i'm dangerous i'm definitely dangerous like (laughs) you could die yeah. <laughs> um, so as they're talking, Bella asks where vampires came from, and they sort of not so subtly allude to the fact that, like, maybe God created vampires. I thought that was funny. It was That's funny. All. I just thought it was funny. Yeah, we just had to throw that in there. And then Bella also casually asks Edward if they can get married, which is not how it went down exactly. But No, I mean, kind of, though. She's like, I think... She's using that to allude to, like, could we bang? Which I just think is really funny, because, like, why bring up marriage instead of just being like, could we bang? Yeah, but she's asking, the context was she was asking about, because who got married a couple of times? Uh, Emmett and Rosalie. Oh, yeah, yeah, they've been married a couple of times, and she asked if it was, like, normal, but I don't know. If I asked a guy I was not even really dating yet if we could get married, well, I know for, like, three weeks, I'd be kind of embarrassed. Agreed. And Edward's like, no, bitch, we can't get married because I might kill you by accident one day. And then he sings to her. Yeah. And that was our chapter. (laughs) Interesting into the chapter, but like here for it. We're getting into it now, guys. This is the juicy stuff. I can tell we're getting into it because I feel like we've been a little bit more passionate these last couple chapters. Oh, yeah, for sure. It starts out very boring. I feel like that's universally known. Chapter 15. The Cullens. 
the chapter starts with Bella waking up and Edward's still there and Bella's super happy. Oh my god, she's like ecstatic. She like launches herself across the room at him. I thought that was kind of funny. I like kind of relate though, because when you're like a teenager, you don't really get to do stuff like that. So it's probably like a huge deal to her that they can spend that time together. That he's like still there in the morning. Yeah, no, I agree. But It, it, it was very funny. She was very ecstatic. Um, but then she realizes his clothes are different and she's like, oh, you left. No, you left. And then she's like, oh, my God, I have morning breath. I have to go brush my teeth. <laughs> And then um, Edward said, what would the neighbors think if he came out in the same clothes? Which, like, I'm not paying that close of attention to my neighbors, but maybe he just wants to feel fresh. Then they talk about how she's talking to her sleep again, and she was talking about how she loves Edward while she was sleeping. And Edward says, you are my life now. And I'm pretty sure they've known each other for not even a month at this point. Like months. I think it's been a couple months, like, because there's been, like, some weeks like in the middle of like them going to school and stuff well i think the whole book takes place over three months is it really i th- or am i getting it confused with 50 shades i think maybe that's 50 the first 50 shades book i want to say the 50 shade the whole 50 shades book takes place over a month though one i think month. this one is like three months you might be right i need to look up a timeline well, regardless, it hasn't been that long, but they love each other is being confirmed. Yeah, and I feel like that like that was kind of like a convenient like way for Stephanie to write like their initial like love confession, right? Like cuz they didn't have to make it she didn't have to agonize about it. He's just like, "Well, you said you love in your sleep." And then I don't know. It's just like I felt like it was kind of like cheap because usually that's like said something that like in your first relationship, you're like, oh, but like, when do I like say it? And it's been like a matter of days. And she's just like, well, I'm just gonna have Bella say it in her sleep. So now it's just like out there. You know what my boyfriend says to me in my sleep? He's like, why aren't you- <laughs> he's like, why aren't you going mid? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? Like in League of Legends, like there's different positions. <laughs> like- <laughs> I'm not a league player. I did not know what that reference was, but that is really funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. I assumed you would know, but I just, just if that, if there's like some subliminal messaging about uh, what our partners are saying to us in our sleep, maybe I'm not, I'm not playing. I don't play league, but I'm obviously not doing a good job. <laughs> My partner says like the most random things. Like we'll just wake up and be like oh, the car needs to go over there, or, like, <laughs> These simple little messaging, there's hidden meaning in there. Um, so then, after they do their little love confession, Edward throws Bella over his shoulder to go downstairs, because he is a gentleman, <laughs> and then they're having breakfast, and he's like, what would you say to meeting my family? And assures her that the family already knows about their whole situation, so it's not going to be that weird. And he's getting impatient about Charlie. He's like, are you going to tell Charlie that I'm your boyfriend or no? What's going on? (laughs) And Bella's like, oh my god, just horrified eating cereal. Like, doesn't she say, like, the idea of the word boyfriend and Charlie and Edward all in the same conversation, like, made her feel ill? (laughs) (laughs) I get that, though. Like, I'm on Bella's side with that one because I'm not trying to tell my parents about... No, yeah. My love life when I'm, when I'm a teenager. Now, now they Absolutely. know. But, but it's Absolutely. It's a teenager. Like, I don't think so. Not sharing. But Edward is, like, too gentlemanly. He's like, no, like, your father has to know about me. And, like, you're going to come meet my father. 
But I feel like, I don't know, it's just kind of like goes to his like old sensibilities. Like, I feel like that's very old fashioned of him. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I guess she's she's keeping him in character. So I'll give her that. Um, so then when he said, y'all meet my family, he meant right now. They're in the car. They're going over there. And then she goes in the door and she sees Charlie and Esme and Alice and Jasper. Oh, no. She sees Carlisle. Oh, Carlisle. Carlisle. I don't know why I said Charlie. My bad. (laughs) Because Carlisle and Charlie are meant to be. That's why. (laughs) There we go. There we go. Oh, my God. Please. She walks in and they're both there. Please. (laughs) (laughs) Crackback. I smell like crackback. Please, I will read the shit out of that. But yeah, no, I think she sees like Carlisle and Esme standing there and they're like trying to be really like nice about her and not like scare her. And then Alice like shows up and Alice like runs at her really fast and like Carlisle like gives her a look like you shouldn't like show your powers like that. But Alice like fucking loves Bella because she has seen in the future that Bella is going to be her best friend. But I guess we don't know that. Well, maybe that's the real ship. Alice and Bella? Yeah. Oh my god, yes. Alice and Bella is the <laughs> true ship, like, of all time. Um, so then there's a piano in there, and Bella's reminiscing about how her mom used to poorly play the piano, and she didn't know that ever plays piano, so he plays for her and is like, yep, I wrote this music. Um, and she said it was hard to believe that only one set of hands played. So not only can he play, he's, like, the best at it ever because he's got fast vampire hands. He's got fast vampire hands. I guess he's had a long time to practice. But, like, also, it's just, like, I think even Bella points out, she's like, oh, I guess Edward really can, like, do everything. And it's like, yeah. He's perfect. He's perfect. (laughs) Exactly. Except for the whole gaslighty manipulation thing. But don't worry about that. Don't worry about that at all. (laughs) Just, Just look the other way. So then they're talking, and Edward mentions that Rosalie's jealous of Bella because she's human, and that... Rosalie also wishes she was human. He casually mentions that visitors are coming soon. Doesn't really elaborate, but we all know what's going to happen. He, what does he say in that part? I thought it was really funny. He's like, I didn't want you to think that I'm naturally a tyrant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he kind of is, though. He kind of is, though. Like, I'm like, you are naturally a tyrant, Edward. Like, you gotta yeah. calm down. Well, th- he, he has at least a justification for it for the next few days. Exactly. Like the random vampires are coming and they're like curious, I guess. I don't know. He says they're curious about their way of life. So does that mean that like other vampires are like, I don't know, are they like the celebrities of the vampire world? Maybe, maybe since there's not a lot of vampires, maybe they all kind of just have adapted to whatever area they're in and just sort of do whatever they've always done. So they're probably not doing a lot of communicating and like sharing oh yeah best practices of living in the human world. I don't know. Yeah. So Bella's crying. I don't remember why, but Edward eats one of her tears. Bella's crying because the music is so beautiful. The music that Edward wrote for her is so beautiful that it brings her to tears. And then you are right though. Then he like eats one of her tears and it's very creepy. I know you can't see the look on my face, but just (laughs) imagine like the green nauseous emoji. (laughs) Just like, not great. Not great. I have nothing to say to that other than just acknowledging that that was very strange. So then uh, they get a, not they, because Edward lives there, but Bella gets a house tour. 
Um, and she's like, there's no coffins. And he's like, no. And we're sad about that because we want some vampire shit. Man, I like Bella was all like anxious, like, oh, no coffins, like with anxiety. And like, I would say that with like sadness, like, man, their house is so boring. There's nothing cool in there except for like Carlisle's antiques. That's it. Yeah, it would have been. I don't know. I guess she probably wanted to make it like, oh, but he's like perfect and not too like cartoony vampire-ish, but I mean, but like he doesn't need We to love be a coffin. Crazy, but like we love a coffin. We love like some dark wood and stuff. I mean, I guess it's just taste, right? And uh no none of the taste in this book aligns with with my own. I think that the outfit Bella's wearing is like a khaki skirt with like a blue top and like gag. <laughs> but it's just my opinion. Yeah, I think she just wanted to make him very, like, handsome, rich guy that, like, every woman wants, basically. Like, she didn't want to make him, like, too, too vampire-y. She just wanted him to be a little dangerous and mysterious. That's the fun part, though. It is. It really is. So then we get some backstory about Carlisle and how, like, he had to help hunt vampires back in the day because that was, like, something his family was doing. Because um, his father was like a a vicar at like a church that he so they're like were hunting like witches and stuff, and most of I think like uh Edward says like Carlisle was like uh better at it than his family, so he found some like actual vampires. Like most of his family had just been like accusing regular like people of being witches and like drowning them. <laughs> Yeah, but it said he was kind of reluctant to like pick random people, so I guess he he had special eyes. He was he was actually looking instead of yeah. just killing random people. Um, and then one day he because gets Carlisle is so good. He is, he is, and that's I guess goes into his vampireness and is amplified uh, after he gets attacked by a vampire and hides in rotting potatoes for three days to escape his transformation family village. That whole thing, I guess. Well, he didn't want to get killed, I guess. Yeah. Like, he knew they were going to burn him alive, so he hid in potatoes. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. I um, I liked this full backstory better than the backstory we got about the rest of the family. Like, this is kind of how I felt maybe we should have got more of it, where it's like, this kind of came up naturally. We actually got a full backstory, and it wasn't just like, yeah, once he got bit by a vampire, and, and that's it. Basically, it wasn't just like a little one-liner. Yeah, I was interested in this. So I I liked the way they did the backstory here. I'm going to give them to that. I would have liked, like, more, like, to expand on this and, like, Carlisle's past. But doesn't happen in this book, at least. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I don't, I feel like we don't necessarily need to get the whole thing right now. I just appreciated that it was, like, a little bit more thought out than just, like, oh, and then, like, this one bitch fell off a cliff. Chapter 16. Carlisle. So the backstory continues uh, of Carlisle, and it, they just talk about how he, after becoming a vampire, becomes a wanderer for a few months and, like, leaves his family and where he lived because he doesn't want to kill anybody. So he's just wandering around, starving, and finally he, like, loses it and eats a deer, and he's like, that was pretty all right, I think, uh... That's like the start of the whole thing. I love Carlisle's backstory, actually. He's the only one that we get a lot of backstory for. That's probably why it's easier to like him. Yeah. Because you actually do get that nice fleshed out backstory. 
Yeah, and he's like, and but Carlisle is just so good. Like that's Carlisle's main trait is he's just the goodest boy of all, of all the boys. He's like, I it, it, doesn't Edward say that he like he basically was like born into a vampire with his morality intact. So he's essentially like angel when he gets his soul back honestly like i don't really get the angel vibes as much off of carlisle though as off of edward that makes sense because people love angel don't they so it's probably projected onto edward more because you know she wants people to love edward oh my gosh he continues his story casually mentions that carlisle swam to france and also casually (laughs) mentions that vampires don't need to breathe, and Bella's like, wait, what? And Edward's like, shut up, I'm telling a story. (laughs) So then he talks more about how Carlisle goes, where, to Italy? Yeah, to Italy, and that's where he, like, finally meets the Volturi, who will at some point become important. I don't even think that they're named, though. It's just, like, more refined vampires that like live in a natural society instead of like just the wraiths that lived in the London sewers that like turned Carlisle. Yes, yes. So he stays there and he simultaneously studies medicine and he trains himself basically to be immune to the scent of human blood so it just doesn't bother him anymore. Which I kind of like that they addressed that because I'm sure that we mentioned at some point, like, how the heck is he in a hospital all the time? That must be horrible for him. But I guess he's just, he just has godlike morality power. Like, Carlisle is just the most moral of all people. And so apparently human blood doesn't even bother him anymore. And he must be like the best surgeon ever, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, he probably is. He's had like 300 some years of practice at this point so studying medicine since it wasn't even medicine <laughs> yeah what was medical school like back then i remember looking up for D like what was medical school like in the 1800s and it was only like three years long or something like that so it's definitely medical school in the 1800 was essentially just like rich kids showing up and them like poking at like a dead body that was definitely like a convict and then they were probably like, all right, do you want me to cut it off or do opium about it? Basically. <laughs> so then, <laughs> that's literally just my old Call of Cthulhu character. Um, so anyway, <laughs> then um, he decides that he wants to make his own clan, basically, because he's just living by himself. But he doesn't want to, like, harm anyone, obviously. So he finds Edward, like, after his parents died. Of the Spanish influenza. Yep, and then Edward was also going to die, so Charlie, not Charlie, I keep calling him Charlie, I think it's just because they both have C names, and I don't know, they're spelled, they got a lot of the same letters, okay, just leave me alone. (laughs) So, yeah, so that's why he picks Edward, because he wanted to pick someone whose life wasn't going to be ruined. And Edward was, like, on the brink of death, so Carlisle turns him. Edward doesn't really say much about the actual, like, turning process. No, he didn't. Didn't really talk about that. Um, but then he talks about how when he gets a little older, he like starts rebelling and he wants to go like be on his own and he leaves the Cullens and he decides he's like going to have a little bit of morality. He's like, I'm just going to kill evil people. He's got like some Death Note light mentality going on. The Death Note light mentality for sure. But like this is when I was really getting Angel vibes. Like in this moment, I'm like, oh, like this is essentially just Angel when he gets like when he's angel and has his soul and not angelus without his soul it's a whole thing buffy heads will know 
Yeah, I have a, I unfortunately don't know anything about Buffy, but we have discussed maybe venturing into that at some point. Oh my god, you'd love it. Buffy is so good. Like mm-hmm. I, I I don't doubt it. I think it would be fun. It's vampire related. We could talk about it. I'm sure it would be a good time. But as of now, we only have one Buffy expert. You'll always be the Buffy expert. I can never <laughs> get on your level. Thank you. I will I will <laughs> take that crown. <laughs> um so after he's out killing people for a while he's like maybe i am a terrible person and then he goes back to the cullens where they're like it's okay you can come back the monster is me yeah i think like um they welcome him back with open arm edward yeah yeah so they're like it's okay you got it out of your system just come back (laughs) reminder that they're still just like sitting in a room and they're in carlisle's office in yeah, the house Carlisle's office, by the way, uh, is decorated a little bit better. Um, I think she said that it looks like a college dean like office would look with more books than she had ever seen. And like, I do approve of that style choice. Yeah, it's a little bit less like generic. I think it shows a little bit of his personal style, which I like. I like and I love the books. So many books. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah, we love a library. I bet it smells great in there. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, so then Alice and Jasper come in and Alice says, we came to see if you were having Bella for lunch and wanted to know if you would share, which. Oh my God. I love that. Yes. The Alice and Bella ship is so real at this point. Alice is my favorite character. Like she's just the most fun by far. It's like that little quote. And then I think in the previous chapter, when she meets Bella, she says, Oh, you do smell good. I hadn't noticed before. <laughs> Just like, what? I feel like there's some flirting going on. Maybe I'm imagining it, but I'm going to pretend it's there. <laughs> I don't know. I think so, for sure. And Alice is so cute. Alice is like the my favorite one of the vampires by far. Yeah, I love her. I think everyone loves Alice. I'm, um, I'm... I don't think it's an unpopular opinion. Yeah. No, no. Before when she had not like said that much yet, I was like, I kind of don't really remember how I feel. Like, I don't feel anything yet. But now I'm really like starting to vibe. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, right. Yes. Alice is the best one of all of you. Yes. I remember now. <laughs> um, and then Jasper asks about playing baseball. And Bella's like, y'all play baseball? And Edward's like, yeah, it's the American pastime. And <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so like, like, of all the things. Okay, fine. <laughs> Does Stephanie Meyer like baseball? I have no idea. She like, I must, wonder if this came right? from somewhere. But, like, maybe... Does she like any sports? Like, I don't know. I have no clue. I'm just wondering if this, like, came from something she had, like, an actual affinity for. Or if she just, like, thought it would be funny if the vampires played baseball. Play baseball. I mean, vampire baseball is, like, a great concept. Great meme. Like, I do appreciate it being in the world now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely not complaining about it. I think it's funny. I love all the merch people make of like Cullen baseball team stuff. Vampire Um, baseball. Vampire (laughs) baseball. Chapter 17. The game. Edward and Bella leave Edward. They go back to Bella's where they meet up, not meet up with on purpose, but see Billy and Jacob who have fish fry. They're like waiting. Billy and Jacob are like waiting in the rain. Yeah, that's why I was like, they meet up, but then I was like, I feel like that's a little bit misleading, because that sounds like it's on purpose. That they were on purpose. Yeah, Edward was like, this is 
this is bad. This is going to complicate things. And Bella's yeah. like, deal with them. Like, <laughs> Randomly, seemingly, Billy's like, oh, go get like a photo. I don't remember which sister it was of your Rebecca. sister, Jacob, out of the car. Yes, Rebecca. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and then they go in the house and Billy confronts Bella about or just Bella and Billy go in the house. And Billy confronts Bella about spending time with one of the Cullens. And Bella's like, well, that's not your business. Mind your business, old man, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is like, I think he says, like, uh, she says something about the treaty. And he's like, oh, you're very informed about the Cullens. And she's like, maybe better informed than you, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she told him. She was like, leave me alone. So they Jacob comes in the house. He's like, I couldn't find anything. So it becomes very obvious that Billy was just trying to distract him. Um, and then Jacob is sad because they're leaving. And then Jessica calls pretty much instantly to talk about the dance with Bella where she kissed Mike. She's very excited. Uh, I'm excited for Jessica, honestly. Like if she, you know, Mike is the consolation prize in this book. Like she should be happy. Yeah, yeah, she she's excited about it. Maybe Mike can have a girl that actually likes him. So good, <laughs> exactly. good for you, Mike. Good for everybody. <laughs> um, so then Jessica asks about Edward, but then Charlie gets home like right then, and Jessica understands that we don't tell parents things. So she's like, so, "Oh, okay, we'll talk about like, it later. We'll talk about it tomorrow, Bella." She's like, she's literally like, "Oh, I hear that your dad's there. Like, I'll talk to you in Trig." <laughs> <laughs> I but thought that's that was some funny. shit that we would have done back in the yeah, day for sure. It's like the unspoken rule for sure. I mean, we would have had a code word. No way. Oh, yet. we would have. We would have been like, oh, um, pizza, goodbye. <laughs> 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 so then Bella reveals to Charlie that Edward had invited her over to meet his parents because they are dating. Charlie practically has an aneurysm. I think that, like, it says that exactly, that Charlie practically has that aneurysm and is like, you're dating one of the Cullen boys? I thought none of the boys attracted you. Like, the one of them is too old for you. And she's like, no, it's like the younger one. I'm dating the younger one. <laughs> yeah, he said, I thought you didn't like any of the boys in town. And she's like, well, Edward doesn't live in town. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. Like, that, that was like funny. teenage obfuscation, if I've ever heard it. <laughs> yeah. So then Edward shows up in a Jeep that she is surprised to see him in. A giant Jeep. A giant Jeep with, like, I think it's a, she says that the wheels are, like, taller than her waist. Like, Jesus. Yeah, and they have those, like, seat belts for, like, when you're going to roll your car, you know? Yeah, like a roll cage, the whole nine. Bella had told Charlie, like, I'm going to play baseball, so he knows, like, he knows Charlie actually Charlie was going also on. like, what the fuck, too? He's like, you're taking her to play baseball? Yeah, <laughs> he's like, wow, you must really like him if he's getting <laughs> you to play sport. Oh, valid. Valid. So Edward shows up, and I have to quote this, looking like a male model in an advertisement for raincoats. <laughs> I thought it's just i love that so edward promises charlie that bella nice will be safe wet. with him he's wet <laughs> um, but i just thought that was interesting because Ed edward spent so much time convincing bella that she isn't safe with him so he goes out of his way to tell charlie that bella will be safe not just like you know well, it, we'll be back soon or anything like that it's part of his old-fashioned mannerisms like when he like walks in and meets him he's like it's nice to meet you chief swan <laughs> like i don't know it's like so 
fucking, I am a good boy. <laughs> yeah, parents must love him. So they go out to the Jeep. Bella's really surprised. We kind of already talked about that. And then she's like, oh, we're not running there. And he's like, well, we're not running all the way there. And Bella's like, wait, what? Don't. I want to do that. She like basically is like, like, fuck, I don't want to run. And like, don't blame her. But then like, Edward uses his like manipulating gaslight powers on her. As Yep. So then they end up running. <laughs> Where Bella yeah. immediately falls off once they get there. I know, that was funny. Bella Falls. Like, I think we lost our fall count. We did. I should have been writing it down. I'm a bad host. But <sighs> but she did fall. Let it be known. <laughs> Edward fucking laughed this, at her, too, which was really funny. Edward, like, fully breaks out guffawing at her. <laughs> it's, it's rare that Edward laughs, so at least <laughs> like, he can enjoy people getting hurt at his expense. <laughs> <laughs> So then they go and meet up with the rest of the Cullens and Esme almost immediately trauma dumps on Bella. I thought this was like pretty like, whoa. Yeah, basically, like as soon as everybody walks away, like she's like, did Edward tell you about me? (laughs) Yeah. And so then she starts talking about how her baby died and she threw herself off a cliff. And Bella's like, I thought you fell. And Esme's like, no. What a gentleman. Edward, of course, wouldn't tell you that I tried to commit suicide because he's a gentleman. I I think that's just basic common courtesy, but go off, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but I that just really shocked me that Espe just instantly started telling her that. But then they start playing baseball and Bella begins to understand why they need the thunderstorm because there's just anytime they do anything, it's just like booming, cracking noises. Yeah, whenever they hit the ball or they, like, hit each other, it's, like, sounds like thunder. So they mm-hmm. needed the storm to play. Yep. Um, and then Bella casually mentions to Edward that she wishes to, that she could find something that he didn't do better than everyone else on the planet. So it is just canon that Edward is totally perfect at absolutely everything. And then Alice ends up realizing that someone heard them playing, specifically three someones. Oh, Yes, the visitors, the visitors that Edward was warning her about, like heard Mm -hmm. them playing and diverted their course. And now they're on their way and nobody's very happy about it. Nope. Um, And then I think it was Carlisle was like, well, let's just keep playing. Yeah. Carlisle's like, well, let's just calmly keep playing and we'll deal with it diplomatically when they get here, because Carlisle is like the goodest boy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then they just continue to play like half-heartedly and Edward apologizes to Bella for putting her in danger, which is interesting because according to him, she's always in danger. But I guess at least he said sorry. He did at least one kind of nice thing, I guess. It's other danger, danger other than him this time. Chapter 18. The Hunt. The chapter opens with Laurent, Victoria, and James entering the clearing. They show up. The plot has arrived. Like, here we go. We're, like, how far into the book now? And, like, the the main event is, like, just starting. (laughs) Yeah, like, three-fourths into the book. It's, like, just the whispers of starting. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I do love James, Laurent, and Victoria, though. Like, Laurent, I just love because he's great. But Victoria is awesome. Like, I used to love her. 
when I was like younger, the first time I was reading this, I remember that I actually like when I, I went to the midnight release for the new moon book. I don't even remember what year it was like whatever year that book came out. I don't know. But uh, I actually entered a costume contest as Victoria. And I was like, I thought that I was perfect. I had like red hair at that point, And I put like leaves and shit in it. I was just like, oh, my gosh, I look amazing. And then some girl dressed as one of the Volturi one because she just had like a cool goth dress. And I was very... I saw pictures of that outfit. I remember it looking really good, your outfit. I'm sure the other girl looked good too, but they probably just picked whoever like did the most extravagant outfit as opposed to like who was the most accurate. Yeah, because I was like exactly book accurate to Victoria. So I really love her as a character. And like James and Laurent are cool too. I looked up when the book came out. It was 2006. Oh my God. (laughs) Was that when Twilight came out or when New Moon came out? New Moon came out 2006. Oh my god, really? Yep. I mean, that sounds about right, but Jesus Christ. Twilight came out in 2005. Oh my lord. That's cool that you went to the release, though. I wasn't into Twilight back then, but I kind of wish I had gone. Just so I could say I went. I wish I had gone to more of the midnight releases for the Twilight books. I That was a thing that I did religiously every time there was a release of a harry potter book back then and we would just like stay up late in the bookstore and i would just like read comic books those were like a good time that does sound fun i never went to any of the book ones but i went to a few video game ones back in the day and it was i don't know you're not doing a whole lot but like hanging out with your friends in line and like poking around a store but i don't know it was still pretty fun it's a fun event like i wish they had stuff like that nowadays yeah, but I guess they, everything's digital, so we're not allowed to leave the house anymore. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. So after they get to the clearing, they ask to play baseball, and Carlisle's like, no, like, we're just leaving, actually. Maybe another time. Like, we would love to play with you some other time. And then is that when they catch a whiff of Bella? Yeah, then James starts sniffing, and then I think Laurent sees James sniffing, and then he starts sniffing. And then they're just like, oh my god, she's a, you brought a snack? Who says, <laughs> I brought, who says that? Like, it's Laurent what, said that. Yeah. <laughs> I love <laughs> that line. <laughs> the best lines in the whole book, for sure. They Obviously, the Cullens realize that they're like, wary about Bella. They're like, oh shit, we gotta get Bella out of here, so they... They just, like, go. They just start leaving, like, as fast as they can, basically. Edward goes crazy. Like, Edward's, like, guarding her like a lion and, like, snarling and shit. Like, Bella, like, is, like, like, terrified of them. And they have red eyes. Like, because they drink blood, they've got red eyes. I will say, this is something that Edward did to put Bella in danger. He, like, brought her out there, and that was his fault. So it might not be him specifically being dangerous, but it is like by proxy his fault. If him if, being an idiot, that's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's not vicious. He's just stupid. Just really, really dumb. <laughs> Weaponized stupidity. Honestly, if you think about it, like, why would they even like try to play baseball with other vampires in the area? Like I don't know. I really don't know. Or, like, why did they bring her out there? Because you don't, like, understand in this book 
like how far Edward can see and smell, but in Midnight Sun, you do. So having that knowledge that Edward has and knowing there's other vampires and he still like knowingly brought her out there. That don't make any sense. It's pretty dumb. It's a it's a bit of a plot hole, honestly, because they're like they're very conscientious about a lot of other stuff. And like Al is not seeing this possibility of this confrontation kind of like goes against like how her powers are explained a little bit later. But like, yeah, and they already kind of knew like it was mentioned. I feel like I wonder if maybe because the Vampires can travel really fast, so I wonder if, like, they were already out there and then maybe realized, because they just, like, got there so quickly that, like, that was the time frame that they would realize it in. Maybe that would have been better. Well, whatever. She had to get the plot started. So the yeah. fact that, like, it was a stupid decision to bring Bella out there is kind of, like, explained by the fact that the plot needs to start. <laughs> you know what? Fair enough. I'm not going to think about it too hard. This is this is the way the book was written, and I accept it. I will blindly accept it. It's fine. We accept it and move on. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so Bella, Edward, and Emmett and Alice, is that right? They get in the car, and they start driving away, and they're arguing about what they should do with Bella. Because yeah. they're like, you're going to get tracked down no matter where you go. Oh, yeah. Edward's like, he's a tracker. Like, I saw inside his mind. He will never stop once he starts. Oh, and they're talking about James. James is the one. Not even Laurent. Although, at this point, they think Laurent, they still think Laurent is the leader of the pack. Although, that kind of, like, comes back around, I think, a little bit later. Yeah. So, are they all trackers, or is it just James? I think it's just James. Like, he's the one. He's obsessed with her. And then... Like, event, we're going to have a conversation with Laurent in a little while, and he's going to, like, explain that he, like, doesn't really have any control over him, so. Okay, gotcha. Okay, well, I guess uh, we shall we shall see where that goes, but, yeah, they're freaking out because of that. They're just, like, no matter where you go, he's going to find you, like, your dad's not safe. Nobody, well, nobody's thinking about Charlie except for Bella. Like, Bella's like, what about my dad? Like, what about Charlie? And everybody's, like... I think Alice eventually does say that, like, they know that they can't leave him. Like, he's definitely yeah. or two, but they weren't thinking about Charlie to start with. Like, no, but in the end, like, after Bella's talking about, like, after she leaves, it, it was, I guess it was Alice. I can't remember who it was that brought it up, but they were like, yeah, if your dad's, like, just there, he's not safe either. Yeah. So Edward ends up suggesting. No, Bella suggests that she goes to Phoenix, and then Edward's like, okay, we're going to go to your house and pack. You got 15 minutes to pack. Tell your dad you're leaving. I don't care what you say. Tell your dad anything. Tell your dad anything just to get out. Just, like, in and out. 15 minutes. Pack your bag. And that's, like, I fucking hate this upcoming scene. Like, that's, like, the shittiest thing to do to Charlie. Like, it's just honestly beyond the pale Charlie, like, justice for fucking Charlie, this whole Yeah, book. Yeah, Charlie did nothing wrong. No, and Bella's just gonna be, oh my god, it really bothers me, but it hasn't happened yet, so I'll shut up. <laughs> we will, we will wait. Um, I just want to say, too, that, like, he makes it sound so serious, like, she only has 15 minutes to pack, but... She brought, like, one or two backpacks with her when she got there. I remember pointing out in the beginning, I was like, she brought nothing with her. And you were like, yeah, Bella is just, like, a 
a saint. So, like, why would she bother people with her things? Like, she's unmaterialistic. <laughs> yeah. She has gone shopping one time since then, but she can't, like, she doesn't have that much. She's thing. lived there like five weeks at this point. How much stuff could she have possibly <laughs> accumulated by now? Like, it's gonna, like, she'll probably pack and have like eight minutes to spare. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're eight minutes to break Charlie's heart. Yeah, that's plenty of time. Chapter 19. Goodbyes. They get to Bella's house and Charlie's home and she's like super sad because she's going to have to just like basically go in and lie to Charlie about everything. Yeah, I this is the part I was talking about. I fucking hate this part. Like this part is just awful. Like Bella is just going to have to she's she like she knows that he's like not gonna let her go unless she like destroys him emotionally fucking bella sucks i know that this is like way more dramatic to do it the way they did it but i wonder why she didn't just sneak out or something she could have just left yeah she didn't have honestly like because she was like charlie will be panicked charlie will call the fbi but like realistically she could have been, like, she could have just left. Couldn't she have been, like, I'm sleeping over at Jessica's and just, like, left? And then just, like, left and then, like, called him the next day and been, like, I actually, like, left because I just, like, can't fucking... Like, this is way fucking worse, honestly. They had to make it dramatic, though. Uh, I guess. Which I guess I understand, but... I just hate it! Like, he... Charlie did nothing! Yeah, poor Charlie. She goes inside, and as she's going inside, she's, like, screaming at Edward, and is like, don't- He's like, leave me alone, Edward! Starts fucking cry-screaming, running up the stairs. And so Charlie starts freaking out. He's like, what's wrong? Did he break up with you? What did he do to you? And she just is being vague and says, like, no, I broke up with him. You know, I gotta get out of here. Like, it's my fault. Like, she, like, very pointedly is like, He didn't do anything to me because, like, obviously she wants to be able to come back after she just, like, destroys Charlie's life. And Charlie's just, like, trying to be a good dad. He's, like, asking her questions through the door. He's, like, very concerned. Like, did he do something to you? Like, what happened? And then she's just like, no, I broke up with him. I can't stand it here anymore. Like, I have to go. And he, like, tries. He, like, grabs her. and He's, like, not going to let her leave because he's, like, a good father. Yeah, he's not just going to let, like, his underage daughter just fucking book it out of nowhere. <laughs> In the middle of the night. Justice for Charlie. Charlie did nothing wrong. Oh, he's my God. He's doing his best. He says to wait because he's like, your mom might be coming back to Arizona because, like, things aren't working out in Florida. And she actually has a moment where she's like, wait, what? And kind of stops and, like, thinks about what he said. But then she's like, no, Fork sucks. Like, I can't stay here any longer. She literally uses the words that her mother used when she left him. Like, it's so fucking shitty the way she did it. I'm just like, just leave. Just, just leave. Just honestly, don't tell him anything. Just go and then call him and be like. What's the point of this? So Charlie wouldn't follow her or like try to look for her? Yeah, I think that was kind of like the point. But like, it, it's I still told that it was unnecessary to like do it this i think this would do the opposite i feel like if i did this to my mom the last thing she would do would be like oh well i guess yeah. i'm just not gonna talk to her i think she would be like well that was insane my daughter has lost her fucking mind let me make sure she's not like 
having a mental breakdown or something. Having a mental breakdown, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then especially Charlie, like, I feel like this is not, I don't know. This is like how you break up with your friend, not your dad. Not your fucking father. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Justice for Charlie. Yeah. But uh, whatever. Uh, so anyway, she packs her duffel bag with all of her belongings, because that's about how much space they take up. Um, and then Bella leaves, and they're driving away, and Edward's like, pull over, and she's like, it's fine, I can drive. And then he somehow, like, just, like, takes <laughs> her out of the driver's seat and, like, moves her and gets into the driver's seat while the car is moving, and it specifically says that the car does not swerve. I was just like, okay, all right. That's a thing that happened. He just like fucking picks her up and is like, nope, move. Just like, yeah. And it says specifically that like the car does not swerve. I don't yep. know. I'm like, wow. With that one. Because he, he just has those magic fingies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then Edward's just reassuring Bella that Charlie's going to forgive her. And he's like, you know, I'm going to see you in a few days. Like, it's going to be fine. And he's like, this is all my fault, which we were just saying this was his fault. So we were both just screaming like, yes, Edward, this is your fault, actually. Definitely your fault. Definitely Edward's fault. Edward does casually say that Bella smells appallingly luscious, which phenomenal. (sighs) Love that. Phenomenal. Like, (laughs) put it on a t-shirt. Like, I'm sure someone has. Um, Then they get to the Cullen's house and who runs Bella inside like a football? (laughs) Emmett. Emmett tucks her (laughs) under his arm and runns her inside like a football. And I don't know. That just made me laugh. Made me laugh, too. It's a good mental image. Um, So they get to the Cullen's house. I do have a point. This is where the plot. This is like I was saying. This is the plot. Like, this is when stuff is actually fun and shit is happening. Like, it's been chapters and chapters of, like... Like, them mooning at each other, basically. And, like, her just trying to shake Mike and be like, are you sure you don't want to date Jessica instead? (laughs) Yeah, but, like, it's been very boring up to now, and now it's getting good. Everything is happening now. So, once they're inside, Laurent is there, and he's like, you know, nothing can stop James, there's nothing anybody can do, and the Cullens are like, well, we'll stop him. And nothing is gonna you know, get in the way of us protecting Bella and Laurent. James is kind of, or, oh, excuse me, Laurent. Yes, Laurent is kind of, like, a little bit, like, intrigued by their lifestyle, which I thought was interesting. So he says he's going to go up north and, like, room with the other vegetarian vampires. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Well, he's probably trying to be a good guy anyway if he's there. Like, he's obviously not as evil. Yeah, I like Laurent. Like, Laurent's cool. Mm -hmm. And he basically reveals that James is the leader and that Laurent being, or like the image that he's the leader is just posturing. And he's like, I'm sorry about all the shit. And Carlisle is like, get the hell out of here. He's like, okay. Well, because he's a saint, is like, go and pee. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then all the Cullens basically agree to hunt James after Bella is safe wherever she's going and rosalie's like this is crap this is not my problem i don't want to deal with this but they're like too bad yes she like refuses yeah she refuses to trade clothes with bella she's like this is not my fucking she you decided to like put us all in danger like i don't have to help with with this part so 
Esme switches clothes with Bella instead. And I think they, like, rush her upstairs. Like, they're just, like, swooping her up, like, <laughs> zipping her all over the house. Like, you know, moving her in the car, moving her into the house, moving her around the house. Like, she's a piece of furniture or something. It'd be so fun. So then they hand out cell phones, which you pointed out is interesting. It's just, like, it's just one of those things. That it's, like, a stark reminder that this is 2005 that we're dealing with. Like, you just... Yeah, like, they didn't have cell phones until this moment when they passed them out to everyone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I, it's just a funny image to me. It is. I didn't get my first cell phone till 2006, I think. Or maybe even 2007. Yeah. I was kind of late to the cell phone party, though. But still... <laughs> I'm just saying it was like reasonable of me to like not have a cell phone in like this time period. And she has been calling Jessica from like her house phone, which I didn't really register until you pointed this out. Just a different era. It's just funny to look back on. Yep. So imagine them all using flip phones. Little tiny flip phones. Like, <laughs> this was a fun image. <laughs> Little razor flip phones. So then they divvy up the cars and decide who's driving where. And Jasper decides to be nice to Bella and is like, it's okay. You're you're worth the trouble. Like, I feel what you're feeling and you're wrong. Like, you are worth the trouble. And Bella is like, wow. Yeah. And then Alice comes up to Bella and asks if she can carry her. And Bella's like, you're the first one to ask. And I just want to say that Alice is our <laughs> consent is sexy queen. She actually asked Bella if she could, like, pick her up and move her around. And Bella, like, oh my god, I love Alice and Bella forever. This is the ship. I don't know how I, like, just kind of looked over it the first time we read this. Or maybe I just forgot. <laughs> I am, like, so here for Alice and Bella. Same. I love them together. Like, like uh. regardless, they have such a cute relationship. If anyone knows a fan fiction where, like, Alice steals Bella from Edward, send it to me. I want to read it. <laughs> yeah. There has to be one out there. No, I'm absolutely sure. They're so cute together. I love it. Chapter 20. Impatience. Bella wakes up in a hotel, and at first she doesn't remember how she got there, but then it kind of starts slowly coming back to her. That they made the trip to Phoenix. Did they run? I don't think they ran part of the way. They were just been driving uh, in Alice's. I think Jasper's driving is Jasper driving because Bella's like cuddling with Alice in the backseat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She like one of the first things that Bella remembers is that she was leaning up against Alice in the car and that Alice didn't seem like she minded. So that's no. just interesting to me. Interesting. <laughs> Very and maybe interesting. a little bit of evidence. For our ship. Yep. Yep. This this is they're just fueling us at this point. I'm definitely joining the uh Alice X Bella fandom. So they make the trip quickly. Um and then Bella is like looking out her window, looking at the landscape. She realizes she's still wearing was it Esme? She's wearing Esme's, Esme's clothes. clothes. Yeah, she's wearing Esme's clothes and she also realizes that they made like a three day journey in one day. Yeah, so so she goes to change, and then as she's looking for clothes, Alice knocks on the door and is like, I ordered you food because I'm a thoughtful person who cares about your well-being. Yeah, they order Bella food, and Alice is just so cute. 
Mm-hmm. I just thought it was nice that Alice was like, I got you food because I heard you need to eat all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then Bella goes to their room, to Alice and Jasper's room to eat. Bella asks Alice if she's thirsty, and Alice responds, nothing unmanageable. Like, I love that Alice <laughs> is, like, the realist about the vampirism. Like, she's by... She's, like, chill about it, too. She's not like, I'm suffering. She's just like, this is fine. Like, I feel like Edward's like, we're tortured and dangerous, and Alice is just like, meh. Meh. It's whatever. It's whatever. I exist. I love yeah. Alice. Me too. Bella kind of picks at the food. And is like, did Edward call? And they're like, no. And they're like, Edward's fine. Don't worry about it. It's probably good that they didn't call. It means that the tracker is close enough to hear them. But, like, he's not. And Alice is just like, you know, don't worry about him. Like, they're trying to, you know, keep James busy, throw him off the trail. So if we haven't heard anything, like, that's good, essentially. So then Bella does a whole lot of nothing all day. She just is losing her mind sitting in this hotel room definitely another chapter where it's just like every minute of a very boring day like once again i mean it's like the plot got started and then it stopped really i feel like i feel like it's intentional in this chapter because it's called impatience and i think stephanie's trying to have us feel like bella's dread of like just having to sit there and do nothing well, she did a really good job. Like, this is like, really painful to get through. Yeah, it's like, that's that's not a compliment, almost. I mean, just like, you know, I think maybe you're right, and it was intentional, which, like, that's, that's clever in its way, but just like, ah! Well, it doesn't mean it was well done, necessarily, just because it was intentional. Get to the shit! Like, just tell me! Like, avoided this whole book for things to happen. I, I guess, but see, that maybe that's the point. Maybe it's... Maybe you're supposed to feel like that. That's uh, cheap writing tricks, if you ask. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. I'm not a professional author. They do not pay me millions of dollars for my writing. <laughs> so, what do I know? <laughs> so then Alice is also explaining to Bella, like, that they're not in danger because, like, they have all these different powers between all of them. And they're like, we can take pretty much anything and she does end up explaining to Bella how turning works, which is interesting because Edward wouldn't tell her. She would, He was just like, don't worry about it. Yeah, Alice is the realist. Alice is the realist for sure. And then also they like, I think at the beginning of this conversation, like Bella's like, they were, she's like, I suddenly realized that we were friends. Alice must have always known that we would be. <laughs> oh, yeah. That I, was cute. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I feel like I like that Alice actually is like, I'm just going to be honest with you and tell you things instead of acting like weird and cryptic and like a freak the whole time. Yeah, trying to protect her from shit she doesn't need to be protective from. Like I said, Alice is the realist. Um, so then Alice ends up seeing that James pl- changed his plan to go to a room that has all these mirrors in it, and they don't know where that is. And then between that, Edward calls. And Bella's like, yeah, I could talk to Edward. And Edward's like, we lost James. And she's like, I know, because Alice just told us um, (laughs) her vision. So then Alice starts sketching the room. And Bella's like, oh, that's a dance studio. And just very conveniently is like, oh, that must be the dance studio I went to as a kid that is in Phoenix. Yeah. And also, like, I would like to point out that, like, Alice says 
in when she's having the vision and Jasper is like questioning her about what's going on, Alice says that the man that she sees James watching operating a VCR. So she right there told Bella, oh, we are not there yet, but um, <laughs> that's a, like Alice figured it out. Like if she had just like listened to what Alice said, none of the next bit of this would have happened. Well, we should all just listen to Alice. That's what Always. we learned. Always. Bella calls her mom because she's hoping that she can like stop her mom from coming to Phoenix and she doesn't answer. So she leaves her mom a voicemail. And then she basically just watches TV till she falls asleep. And she's like, wow, being immortal must just grant you infinite patience because, like, she, I'm losing my mind in this hotel room. And then she falls asleep. And they're just, like, chill. They're just, like, staring at the wall. Yeah. And then after she falls asleep, Alice carries her to bed. So we get a little bit more ship fuel right at the end there. Oh, just a cute little moment. Yeah. Alice and Bella forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, we ship it. This This whole chapter... If if it gave us nothing, it gave us ship fuel. A little bit of fan service for the Garleys. Chapter 21. Phone call. So the chapter opens with Bella waking up. She wakes up and sees Alice, like, drawing. And she realizes that Alice is drawing her mom's family room. Oh, yeah, that's scary. Like, that, that honestly would freak me out. Yeah, yeah, and Bella, looking at the drawing, like, starts telling Alice, like, where the phone goes. So she recognizes it immediately, because Alice saw that something brought James back to that room. Then she finds out that Edward's coming to get her, and is flying into the airport. And Bella's kind of freaking out, because she's like, you can't protect every single person that I care about forever. Yeah, she's like, Alice, you can't just, like, stay here and protect my mom while Edward comes to take me away. Like, you can't protect everyone I know forever. This is what he's doing. He's trying to get me to come to him, which is crazy because, like, she knows what he's doing, and yet she still falls for it. So Bella looks at the wall for three hours, and then her mom calls, and she answers and then starts hearing this. She calls it a pleasant voice. But she answers and it's like her mom's voice saying, hello, Bella. And she has the thought like, it's the voice that I heard of my mother use when I was a child and I was being clumsy. Like she like is registering. But although a plot hole, actually, like when Alice answered the phone to hand it to Bella, what what did her, Renee sound like? Like what? Like, how did he get Bella on the phone? I don't know. I'm not sure, actually. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Because, like, we're going to find out that, I mean, like, this is in the next chapter. We're going to find out that it's a recording of Renee that he has from being in the house. It's like a child, like a home video from when Bella was a child. Okay, so that's why the VCR, right? That's why, why the VCR, exactly. And so how did he use that recording to get Alice to put Bella on the phone? Like, because it's like... What we're going to find out is it's like this clip of Bella like doing something clumsy as a child. And her mom is like panicking, like, Bella? Oh, like, I see. Interesting. Well, that's kind of clever. Yeah, I mean, it is clever on his part. It was like a good route. But I'm just wondering how he used that to get Alice to hand Bella the phone. Yeah, I, I'm just assuming that, like, if, if Alice answered and heard Bella's mom going like, Bella, are you okay? Like, Alice would just be like, oh, it's your mom. She's freaking out. Okay, that's a good point. I would, like, 
I don't know. I just feel like Alice would be like, this is really weird sounding. Yeah, because like, yeah, we're like, saying that is ignoring the fact that she's more perceptive than the average person and like literally has powers about this where she can like see things. Yeah. So let, let's just let's just accept it as part of the plot and yeah. and move on as we must do at various times in this book. Ah, agreed. So as Bella's on the phone, uh, she keeps calling it like the pleasant voice is telling her, you know, get away from your friends. Like, can you get away from them and like go to your mom's house? Like, could you do it if your mom's life depended on it? So Bella's like, okay, I guess I don't have a choice. He keeps telling her what to say. He's like, say, all right, mom, or say, I don't remember like the exact words that he used, but he keeps getting her to like talk like she's on the phone with her mother this whole time. And another plot hole is that he definitely started talking to her while she was in the room with Allison, who would have heard the voice on the phone. Like, they have superhuman hands. That hearing. is true. Yeah, because it doesn't say that he's using the recording past that, like, after Bella's on the phone. Exactly, yeah. It's definitely his voice on the phone. And she would have heard it, for sure. So, another plot hole. This whole thing is a bit, like, full of random hazards. Yeah, it helps plot if holes. you just turn your brain off and you don't think about it <laughs> and you just go you know what sounds good stephanie that's okay what sounds <laughs> excellent yeah that's fair i've never been very good at oh, that I'm, I'm great at turning my brain off <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh basically he gets bella to agree to all this she's thinking you know i'm familiar with the airport maybe that's where i can get away from alice and jasper and i think you said because I forgot that Jasper went to, like, you know, figure out where they're going to go next. Yeah, I think he went to go get them, like, plane tickets or, like, different hotel accommodations. Like, he went to go arrange their travel The important plan. part is that Jasper's not here, and Bella's like, if he was here, there's no way I'd be able to hide how I'm feeling from him. So the only reason that this works is because Jasper's not here. And Bella just kind of yeah. says, like, I told my mom everything is okay, but not to come here. Yeah, yeah, and Alice... Like, it only also works as Alice, like, do her, her powers just, like, must be on the short circuit or something. She was drawing this whole time, so maybe she just, like, wasn't paying attention. How many, how many visions can she see at once? That is a very fair point. Let's not knock Alice's powers. Alice is the best one of everyone. Then Bella asks Alice if she writes her mom a letter, if Alice can give it to her. And Alice says yes, and then Bella starts writing a letter to Edward about how she's sorry and... Nobody, she doesn't want anybody to get hurt because of her. Like, basically, just, like, being a drama <laughs> about it. Like, it's very dramatic. I mean, like, I guess she thinks she's going to die. But also, it's still dramatic. Yeah, so she has acknowledged at this point, like, if I go to the mirror room, I'm going there to die. And she just basically thinks that that's what she has to do to protect everyone. She, I think at this point, she's just like, if they get me, they'll stop, like, endangering my family. So I, I got to do it. Yeah, she, this is when she uh, tells Alice, like, do you think it's only my human family that I'm worried about? Like, she's, like, incredibly worried yeah. about the Cullens, which is very yeah. sweet. Worried about her girlfriend, Alice. Yes. I'm not letting it go. Never. It will never die. Chapter 22. Hide and seek. So the chapter opens and Bella is just worrying if Alice is going to realize what just happened. Um, and Alice is acting kind of strange, so Bella asks her what she saw, and Alice is just vague, and is like, oh, just the same thing as before, basically. Yeah, Jasper comes back in, too, and uh, she 
Well, Jasper asked uh, asked Alice what she saw, and she just says Bella, but she doesn't want to tell Bella what she saw. Yeah, obviously, because she doesn't want Bella to realize what's going on. So then Bella asks Alice how her powers work, and Alice explains to her that she can only see the course that someone is on while they're on it. So she says things are easier to predict, like, the weather, but then, like, people can change their minds about things, essentially. Right. And then Bella asks, that's why you didn't see James in Phoenix until he decided to come here. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, So then they make it to the airport, and Bella gives the letter that she wrote to Edward to Alice. And then Bella is thinking of ways to get away from them because... She's going to go sacrifice herself to James. Yep. 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 That is still her plan. Um, So she ends up just saying, I want to go get some food. And Alice is like, all right, I'm going to come with you. And Bella says, no, I want Jasper to come with me. She makes the excuse that like she's feeling really like crazy and she wants Jasper to like use his powers to calm her down. But she actually just needs to be able to go by herself. To the women's restaurant. <laughs> yep. Why didn't they both go with her? Did Alice have to like wait for? Did one of them have to stay behind to wait for Edward to wait for the plane? I think that's the, the that's what they want us to think. But also, that's dumb. I'm sure Edward can find them. Like even if they're not right there. Yeah. How long does taking not taking? But how long does getting food take? Yeah, just like a few minutes. And I think that they, should, they only have like 20 minutes until the plane. But like they should be able to get food. Like they could have met up with him after. Alice didn't have yeah. to stay behind. Um, especially because she's obviously like kind of knows something. I don't know. This this whole airport thing was a little fucky. It was. The, honestly, the whole airport thing, like there's no possible way in hell that it this plan actually would have worked. And I don't know, like, the whole thing. Like, they would catch her in a second. Like, there's no way she could get away from them in, like, an airport just because, like, the ladies' room had two doors. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's literally how they did it. I want to, like, look up, like, the layout of the Phoenix airport and see if the bathroom is based in reality because I'm an insane person. Well, honestly, like, I think we both were like, how the heck is this place even laid out? Like, it's so weird. Yeah, I just want to know if, is this, like, for fiction? Like, I can suspend my disbelief about the vampires, but the bathroom having, like, multiple entrances to, like, different parts of the airport is, like, too far for me. Yeah. (laughs) I can't suspend my disbelief that far, but I'm gonna have to, because that's what the book does. So, anyway. So she basically, she basically just runs. She just runs pell-mell out of the airport. Like, she runs out yep. the bathroom door, and she just, like, catches an an elevator, and, like, the whole thing goes down and gets the hell out. There's no way that this would have worked, because vampires can just, they could just follow her scent, but whatever. Whatever. I don't know. I guess the theory is that Jasper will wait for her for the duration of, like, an average poo. And then... <laughs> or an average pee. <laughs> Yeah, before he realizes that she's actually gone. So then she's already in the taxi at that point and getting the hell out of there. Yeah, she asked the taxi driver to take her to Scottsdale. Yep. Which, okay, I am not super familiar with Arizona, but just like I thought I've heard that Scottsdale is a very like ritzy area to live in. And like, how did Renee afford this house before? Yeah, I have I have no clue. I don't know anything about these places. Apparently, it's like Bella's childhood home. 
And if it's in Scottsdale, I mean, I don't know. It could be in like a less nice area of Scottsdale. I shouldn't pretend that I know things about real <laughs> estate in Arizona. <laughs> that, that is okay. I know absolutely nothing about it. So, so regardless of all of that, she she goes and she she makes it to the room that Alice saw in her vision and sees a home movie playing of her mom like being worried about her i don't remember what was in the home movie do you remember it was at yeah it was like um at a beach in california on like a family vacation when bella had almost fallen into the ocean like off a pier and so the recording on the home movie has bella's mom being like bella bella like are you okay it's basically like exactly the same thing that she's the only thing that Bella has heard her say because obviously James has been using the recording of the home movie yeah. to like make Bella think that her mom is there. But she, she realizes once she sees the movie playing that like she has like a moment where she's like, my mom is safe. She never got my messages. She's still in Florida. Like, thank God. Yeah, Bella like doesn't even care about herself because as we have said many times, she's a saint. So she's just happy that her mom isn't in danger, and then James comes out of the shadows and is like, what do you mean you're not sad? I tricked you. Like, you're not upset that I tricked you? <laughs> like, he's very put out about her not being mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this whole thing was was disappointing for him. Because he's like, oh, I'm, I'm pissed it was so easy to catch you. I'm pissed that you're not, like, scared. Um, and then he asks if Edward's going to avenge her. And she's like, I don't think so. I don't think so. I wrote him a letter. Like, I told him not to, which is stupid and naive. When has Edward like, ever listened to Bella? To her, ever. <laughs> like, even one time, when has he listened to her? Like, what makes her think this is going to be the time that changes his mind? And he's like, okay, Bella, I'll listen to you this time. He Oh, James has like a video camera and it's like implied that he's going to record him killing her because then he can show it to Edward, right? Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, do you mind if I like write him a letter as well? And then he like goes and turns on the video camera and he's like, I think that it would be disappointing if your boyfriend didn't come and try and like fuck me up after I do this to you. So I'm going to make it hard for him not to by like videoing me torturing and killing and eating you because james is actually pretty evil this whole thing was actually a little evil at the end so then james reveals also that he at one point had tried to kill alice and she got away yeah he's like the one uh the one victim that ever escaped me was uh this girl I forget what exactly he called her sire but he didn't think very highly of the vampire that changed her and he was like, so I like got him uh, and I killed him. But before I managed to kill him, he turned uh, his little friend, like keeping her from me. And it made me really mad. And then like, it's Alice. It like mm -hmm. literally that's it happened to Alice. Like they took her out of the asylum and made her a vampire. And she woke up like she had never seen the sun before. And so her first time seeing the sun, she was sparkling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry that that was what I got out of that bit of information. But that's kind of cool of Alice that she's like, I'm going to help Bella, even though this, I don't know, that's probably traumatic for her. I don't think she remembers. 
I think she genuinely has no idea. Okay, okay. I didn't realize that. Uh, Yeah, because James says that they're going to, like, it's, like, actually kind of like a gift that he's giving to, like, their strange coven of vampires. Because, you know, they're going to find out a little bit about Alice, but then Edward hopefully is going to come and try and kill him. But he thinks that he's going to kill Edward because James is like, I am the deadliest creature. (laughs) I'm the evilest and strongest vampire ever. Um, So then Bella tries to run away and she knows it's like useless. And then obviously James catches her very easily and then basically beats the shit out of her. He slams her against the wall multiple times and like, there's glass getting like cutting her all up. Yeah, shatters the mirrors in the dance studio and like stomps on her leg. Like, yeah, holy shit! I was like, God damn, you didn't have to do all that. <laughs> I will say, like, I loved this scene. I actually like really like when Stephanie Meyer like writes a little more like horror slanted stuff instead of just like the incessant stupid teenage romance that was her calling of like the rest of the book i honestly think it was because i mean um we'll get into it when we get like further into the series but like there's some like really good stuff in here like that's definitely like darker that is well written like i really liked this scene like i thought it was very effective yeah i liked it too like i was actually like wow he's like really going for it which just based on the rest of the book um you probably wouldn't have expected it but it's just a very like short little bit at the end yeah it's like a nanosecond of like (laughs) then bella's just basically bleeding on the floor and james lunges at her and she's just hoping that she dies quickly at this point yeah he like uh he kind of fucked up by uh, cutting her open accidentally by slamming her into the mirrors because when her blood is spilled he kind of like loses it and it just gets really thirsty and she's like well hopefully now it will be fast god so depressing so <laughs> hopefully hopefully someone shows up to save her many <laughs> 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 more books <laughs> chapter 23 the angel Bella's dreaming and she's feeling like she's underwater and hearing a snarl and she sees an angel that's begging her just like, Bella, please, please, Bella. The be- the angel is very upset. Yeah, it's like crying, like tearless sobs or something like that. Yeah, and she's hearing like this huge ruckus in the background, like like snarling and like a high keening that gets cut off. So it's basically like, Emmett and like everybody else I I don't know who all was like taking Jasper out yet but hey editing Jew here Nicole wanted me to mention that she definitely meant James here not Jasper back to the podcast they are just fucking kicking his ass basically they rip him off of her and they're killing him so then she starts hearing the voices of Carlisle Alice and Edward and Edward's just saying, you know, you're going to be fine. I love you. Oh, I, and like, and Carlisle is like uh, assessing her wounds. Like, good thing that we have a doctor on board for this. <laughs> we do. We do. That is that is quite convenient. And I'm glad uh, I'm glad Carlisle is being useful. We love Carlisle. 
Carlisle is always useful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bella is feeling a sensation in her, what was it? Where'd she get bit? Her arm? In her hand. Oh, her hand. Her hand. Yeah, the palm of her hand. And she's like, my hand is burning. And she's like trying to like tell Edward and Carlisle, but like, She's, like, too unconscious that she's, like, and I can't, like, make my words come out. Why don't they see the fire and put it out? Like, she doesn't know what's happened. Um, so they eventually do see that she's bitten, though, and they're like, Edward, you have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to suck the poison out. <laughs> suck the venom out like it's a snake bite and it's the 1800s. Like, I just fucking send me like i cannot the fucking <laughs> the vampire venom out like it's a goddamn snake bite just has me really really tickled <laughs> okay i'm like so far removed from like anything to do with vampires do vampires typically have poison it, it kind of depends like on the vampire a lot of times uh to become a vampire it's not like a venom situation it's like a they take blood from you and then you take blood from them okay is the more traditional way like and whether like you know they rip open a vein and like feed you their blood or like you know whatever it's like you're supposed to kind of like drink their blood i i honestly like i'm I feel like there are other vampires that it's more of a venom situation but that's kind of like a movie trope Probably easier to put in a movie because then they just get bit and then that's it. And then that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I had no clue. I, I don't know how these things work. I said it it does kind of vary. It varies on like the exact vampire lore you're talking about and what the author has decided to do. Because there's a lot of different things that you can do with that. But. Okay. So these are just snaky vampires. <laughs> snaky vampires. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I, I understand now. <laughs> So Edward does end up sucking the blood out like it's a snake, not the blood, but the poison like it's a snake. Woo. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, uh, she was like, Bella's like, I could feel the fire retreating like to like a dull point. And uh, that's fine. And then I think Edward like some says something in a minute where he's I, I, uh, I sucked all the venom out. Her blood tastes clean and I can taste the morphine. <laughs> <laughs> I did think that was interesting, an interesting thing to include. <laughs> I guess it's kind of clever, though, to be like, oh, I can tell the drugs are flowing through her veins. Could you like, OK, so if like, say you wanted to like do some morphine about something, could like <laughs> Edward suck the blood out of her and like get like, does that would that affect a vampire or no? I feel like, OK. My personal opinion is yes. And the reason that I think that is because I really like the way that Buffy the Vampire Slayer does their vampires. And in one of my favorite episodes, uh, one of my favorite vampires, Spike, says that he fed on a flower child at Woodstock and then spent the next 12 hours watching his hand in front of his face. <laughs> I, I kind of love that, though. <laughs> I love that so intensely, actually, that that's my personal canon. So that's what I believe that Edward, if he tasted the morphine, just got a little little tiny buzz off that one. <laughs> I just feel like you could do a lot with that, with like writing related writing. Things. Oh, that too. 
holy shit i didn't even think about oh my god wow ideas ideas yeah thank you i know that that will not necessarily be included in this book but that's where my brain is going so uh yeah the fire sensation subsides from bella and she's feeling better but she's just completely worn out so they're like we gotta go and she's like no i'm I'm gonna go to sleep i'm gonna take a little nap right here (laughs) so edward picks her up and carries her off He's just like, sleep now, Bella. Oh, uh, she says, like, at one point, she's like, do I smell gasoline? <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, let's, like, let's get out of here. Yeah, and we gotta leave. That was the connection that I made earlier, because that's what they're using to, like, finally kill James, is they're pouring gasoline on his ripped up corpse and then setting it on fire. Oh my god, that's kind of evil, too. I mean, he's, like, evil, <laughs> so they gotta get rid of him. But that's, like, a crazy thing to do, right? <laughs> That is how you have to kill vampires in this universe, though. Okay, well, I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do, but I'm just like, wow, they're having our main characters set a corpse on fire. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> like a ripped up corpse on fire in like a fucking ballet studio that's like only not open because they're on spring break. <laughs> but with that, they uh, they walk out of the ballet studio and. That is the end of this chapter. Chapter 24. An impasse. Bella wakes up in a hospital bed and starts trying to get up and she sees Edward, who has been waiting there for her. Oh, I was just going to say that she's like fucking completely, she notices that she's all plugged into shit. There's a, what's that thing that goes in your nose? Oh, the nasal cannula? Yeah, 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 she's got one of those and all these bandages and everything. But then, like, she she looks up and, like, Edward's there. Yep, and she's trying to take all the shit off, and Edward's like, nope, and, like, pushes her back down. He's like, you're not getting up. Edward reveals to her that the excuse that they're using is that she fell down two flights of stairs and through a window. Oh, my God, so believable. <laughs> I, I kind of like that Bella's clumsiness, like, came into play here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, that's a fair point. Like, the clumsiness is, like, a bit over the top, but I guess they needed it for this to work out. Yep, it all came to a head right here. <laughs> I think Edward says that, like, Alice had a bunch of fun, like, fabricating evidence and that Bella could sue the hotel if she wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think he actually says that she, like, had too much fun. She really <laughs> went for it, and I just love the mental image of Alice fucking throwing rocks through a window gleefully. Just, like, shattering a massive window and, like, just fucking making debris everywhere. Yeah, those hotel windows are, like, thick, too, so she, like, really has to be going for it. I can't even, like, imagine that, like, anybody believes that, because I don't think Bella would break through a window, but okay. I tr- I trust in Alice's evidence fabricating abilities. I do as well. I just don't think that Belle is big enough to break through a window on her own. Probably not, especially like a like a hotel window at the bottom of a flight of stairs. Like that wouldn't be like your average home window where like you could just throw a rock at it and it would break immediately because that would be unsafe. I guess it does explain the head trauma. True. So. True. Yeah, they had to explain all the cuts and everything, so she had to fall through the window as well. At some point, Bella mentions that she's scared of needles, and Edward's like, so you're not afraid of, like, this scary vampire murdering you, but you're scared of needles. 
a sadistic vampire coming to kill you. Why not? I'll go to meet him. <laughs> but needles? Like, far be it. <laughs> In addition to the stairs excuse, Edward says that he had come to Phoenix to talk some sense into her, and Bella agreed to meet him at the hotel that he was staying at, and then that's where she fell. So that is their thing that they're going to tell everybody and how this all happened. Personally think that they're kind of glazing over the fucking, like, massive blow-up that Bella had at Charlie. Wait, what happened? Well, we'll get to it, I guess, in a minute when she talks to her mom, but I feel like they're kind of glazing over the fucking, like, massive blow-up and, like, really hurtful things she said to Charlie. Oh, yeah, like, before she left. Sorry, I thought, like, you were talking about something this chapter, and I was like, wait, I blacked out. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, the thing she said to Charlie when she was leaving, like, that's not just a, like, oh, whatever type of situation. That's, like, a really, really fucked up shit she said to him. Yeah, I guess they're just like, oh, good, you're alive. Let's not think about that other stuff right now. I guess so. So then Bella's mom comes in, and she... They're in Phoenix still, right? In the hospital? Yeah, they're in... They're in Phoenix in the hospital. This is when they kind of have the conversation where, like, Renee's like, oh, Phil got hired with the sun. I don't mm-hmm. know what. Oh, the Jacksonville sun. It's the Jacksonville suns. They're going to go live in Jacksonville. Is it not Phoenix? Because she was like, I could spend half my time. No, they, was like, they were talking about Bella moving to Florida. And she's like, I'm going to spend half of the away games with Phil and stay with you the other half. But, like, the whole plan was for Bella to, like, move to fucking Jacksonville, Florida. And as... You know what I'm thinking of? I think I'm thinking of the basketball team. The Suns. Oh, the Phoenix Phoenix Suns. Suns. That's what I was thinking of. But he doesn't play basketball. He plays baseball. baseball. Okay, that's why I got confused. Yeah, it's the Jacksonville Suns, the baseball team. And it's fucking Jacksonville. As a Florida native, just wow. That's all. (laughs) Yeah, we, uh... I don't know. I don't love Jacksonville, but it's whatever. That's not the point. That's not the point of this at all. <laughs> so Bella's Bob is like just talking about how she can split her time between like being with Phil and being with Bella. And she's like, you can leave Forks. And Bella's like, I'm not leaving Forks. I have a boyfriend. And Bella's Bob is like, what? You have a boyfriend? Is it because of this boy? And Bella's like, he's part of it. And she's like, I have, like, friends, and, like, Charlie can't cook. Like, I have to, like, like, she didn't fucking rip his fucking heart out and stomp on it. Like, (laughs) oh, my God. Well, maybe she'll she'll be like, whoopsie, sorry, Dad. And he'll be like, it's okay. I forgive you. I guess, but, man. (laughs) Um, And I want to just note here that Bella's mom, it says that she uses a parental tone that... Bella had used with her mom in the past about boys. So I'm like, this is probably like the first time Bella's mom ever even had a parenting thought in her head. Also, it says actually in that same paragraph that uh, Renee hadn't used her parental voice at Bella since she was eight. Yeah, yeah. Like she literally just has not been trying to like parent Bella for the last like eight years or something. Like what, eight to 17? That's nine. Oh, nine. Okay. I thought she was 16 for some reason. And Bella's mom also brings up that someone burned the dance studio to the ground. It is like, do you remember when you danced there? Bella's like, yes, mom, I remember. 
I wonder who burned the studio down and also abandoned a stolen car in front of the studio. <laughs> wonder. <laughs> yeah, they just casually are like, oh yeah, and Edward stole a car, by the way. <laughs> so Edward's surprised that Bella doesn't want to go to Florida and she's like, well, I want to stay with you. You're the only thing in the whole world that I care about, that I would care about losing, which is just like blatantly untrue because she just risked her life to save her mom. So I'm like, yeah. that you're just lying. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, I get it. But they make, like, Edward is, like, purposefully stupid about, like, he's like, she wouldn't want to go live in Florida. Like, I don't know. They're just purposefully stupid about each other and annoys me. And then, like, also this, I, I hate Edward in this chapter. Like, just is every, everything that I hate about Edward is in this chapter. Uh, yeah. Okay. We're, we're, we're getting there. So Bella, okay. So a nurse comes in and she refuses medication. And then Bella is like, Edward's like, swear you won't leave me. And, like, why did you stop me from turning? And kind of reveals to Edward that Alice has kind of explained to her how turning works. And Edward seems upset about that. He's he's not really thrilled. Because Bella basically just wants to turn. And she's like, this is, like, the only way we can be together. And he's like, well, I'm not doing that. He's like, Alice wouldn't dare because she's like, I know other vampires other than you because he's like, literally like, I will not turn you. And like, I actually fully agree with Bella this whole chapter. Like, it is so fucked on like such a psychological level that he's just like, well, like I get to be a vampire, but you don't. But like, I am definitely one of those like goth kids that really, really wanted to be a vampire. So this would be like ultimate betrayal. For me i would move to florida like if <laughs> edward was like i absolutely refuse to turn you like we can never be equals like i'm gonna be superman forever and i'm just gonna have to save you forever like i would fully be like okay well i'm gonna move to jacksonville florida <laughs> i think that's like, fair i also think it's fair that like edward doesn't want to turn her but it's it's inconsistent that he's, like, just doing the same thing he's been doing the whole book, where he's, like, doing one thing and saying another. Because he's like, oh, I can't do that. We can't be together. But obviously, he's going to, like, keep being with her. So he's just lying to her, too. Yeah, he's like, I'll stay as long as it makes you happy and as long as it's what's best for you. And, like, even Bella, in her, like, drugged-up state after she takes the painkillers, is like, it's not the same thing. <laughs> And she even says, like, oh, well, I have to stay in Forks because, like, we can't move to Florida because you'll be all you won't be able to come out except at night like a real vampire. And he's like, oh, I wouldn't move to Florida. I'd stay in Forks. So literally he, like, won't. I don't know. That upsets me that she's like, I'm going to, like, change my life for you. But, like, he wouldn't do the same for her. And I and the fact that he won't let her make that, like, she has no autonomy in this whole thing like i understand you know from his point of view she has her parents and things you know of obviously tying her to the human world but it's a matter of personal autonomy really it's fucking sexist of edward to be like you're not allowed to be a vampire because i as a man have decided that you have to remain human yeah and speaking of autonomy the part that pissed me off the most about this chapter i've been containing this i i it's so fucking disgusting to me that edward like 
Bella, at this point, has already refused medication once. We mentioned that. So Edward calls the nurse and is like, we're ready for more pain meds. And the nurse comes in, says nothing to Bella. Bella also says nothing because she's like, oh, my boyfriend told me to take medication and just lets the nurse give her pain medication. And like when he calls the nurse, Bella's looking at him like she's angry, like she doesn't want it. And so she just gives it to her anyway. And also that's fucking illegal. Like Edward can't decide for Bella. And then it's also just, I don't know, it's fucked up on another level of like, he's kind of like, drugging her a little bit i don't know this whole thing was like really gross to me just to make her shut up and to make her like stop trying to convince him to turn her which is really like she's right is the only way conceivably for them to be together and he is she realizes that alice has seen her in the future as a vampire and edward's like no, it can change. It doesn't have to be true. She also saw you dead, but you're not. But you have to let her make the choice. Like, she's a fucking adult. Human. Or, like, with the medication, like, her mom is there. Like, if anything, they'd have to ask her mom's permission for her to get medication. she's 17. Yeah, but, like, they... I don't know. If she came in... I don't know. I think if I was a nurse... I don't care what state this is in. I think it's the same everywhere. I don't think that Edward can tell a nurse she needs pain medication and the nurse can just give it to her. Like, I think if her mom wasn't there, maybe they could implied consent her and give her the medication. But her mom is there. Her mom just walked out of the room. Yeah. I don't know. Don't, like, quote me and be like, well, Jiu said this thing. But I know that there's some fucky shit going on in here. There's lots of fucky shit. The whole thing is fucky. The whole book is fucky. Edward, like, even when I read this literally in eighth grade, like, as a child, I was like, Edward doesn't get to make that decision for Bella. He literally just drugged her, basically. Like, granted, he wasn't the one holding the needle. He basically just forced her to take medication against her will. And that's just really, really icky to me. Yeah. I think she, they do have Bella thank the nurse when she does it, but that's probably just because she's polite. Yeah, like, the nurse is just doing her job poorly, but the nurse thinks she's doing the thing she's supposed to be doing. Because, like, before the nurse came in and was like, oh, you don't have to be brave, it's okay. And Bella's like, no. So, I don't know. She probably thinks that Bella changed her mind and that Edward just called for her, but, like, Edward can't decide that for her, is the point. Edward can't decide. This is chapter is just full of Edward making decisions for Bella that he is not allowed to make. Yeah, we. I, I don't like it. Pretty much with Bella falling into like a morphine stupor now, she's like, don't leave me, Edward. And he's like, I won't. And then the chapter ends. And that is all. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she says she's betting on Alice as she falls asleep. Oh, yes, that's important. (laughs) I agree. I would never bet against Alice. This could have been the point where, like, book two, instead of it being a Jacob book, could have been an Alice book. We could have gotten an Alice book. Epilogue. An occasion. The chapter opens, and Bella and Edward are dressed all fancy, and Bella has her cast on, because she's not healed yet, and she's wearing this, like, frilly dress. And Edward's in a tuxedo. Navy blue dress. Edward's in a tuxedo. Bella is, like, confused. Bella has no idea why they're dressed up. Bella, like, thinks maybe she's excited. Like, maybe it's some kind of occasion. But she's like, I didn't know what we were doing. She's very dim about it. Yeah, especially because it is prom night. Like, hello? 
I don't know. Yeah. It seems pretty obvious. Like, we're getting dressed up on the night of prom. Wonder what we're doing. Exactly. They did mention that Alice picked Bella's dress and makeup, which is very cute. I love that for them. Me too. The, uh, Alice has a massive bathroom. Good for her. <laughs> and Carlisle is... Charlie has been acting weird about the Cullens because he, like, thinks it was Edward's fault, that she had an outburst, and he's, like, making all these rules for her now. Uh, but at the same time, he's, like, incredibly grateful to Carlisle. So he's, like, having conflicting feelings, I guess, about the whole Cullen family in general. Because, like, he's all mad at Edward about Bella running away. But, like, if Carlisle hadn't been there, she definitely would have died when she fell down two flights of stairs and through a window, supposedly. Yeah, so he's he's not sure how to feel. And I guess that that means that they never cleared up anything. They're just letting Charlie go on believing that 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 was real. Bella's outburst. They're like, they never clarified what happened there. Yeah. Poor Charlie. Yeah, he's just living in an alternate universe, unbeknownst yeah. to him. Um, so they're getting ready and Tyler shows up at Bella's house and Edward's like, Bella is busy forever and slams the door in his face, basically. And he hangs up the phone because Charlie calls him. Like, and Edward's like, can I talk to Tyler on the phone? He was surprised that Tyler, like, showed up at the Swan's house, apparently. And then, like, asked Charlie to, like, put him on the phone with Tyler and was yeah. like, Bella will be busy tonight and all night. <laughs> as long as I have something to say about it. And he, like, is kind of threatening to Tyler. Tyler does suck. Don't blame him for that. He does. I don't even remember, like, them agreeing to go to prom together. It was literally, like, when Bella, when he asked her to, uh, that dance, uh, at the beginning of the book, or, the, yeah, like, near the beginning of the book, when he asks her to the dance through the car window, and she's like, I'm going out of town that day, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, will we still have prom. But she did, did she agree, though, or did no. he just assume? <laughs> Literally, he, he just has assumed this whole time that that was him asking her to prom. And then he showed up at her house to take oh her to my prom. God. Yeah, it's super that's so, fucking crazy. That's cringe. Holy shit. It's very so cringe. I, like, I do not remember her ever agreeing to go to the dance. She was very like, I'm busy. I'm not going. So, Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. Well, I kind of feel like Tyler deserves that a little bit for just assuming that that she'll go. I agree. So they they go to the prom and they show up and Bella says it looks like a horror movie because like all the decorations are really tacky and stuff. And they dance. Great there, Bella. That's so funny. <laughs> I also think prom is a horror show. I only went to one prom. It was terrible. I went to two proms and it was fine. But I went with my friends. I didn't like do the whole like, oh my god, a guy asked me to prom thing. Smart. I went with a friend and it was stupid. I guess it it works out because then you don't look back and go like, ew, that guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So they're dancing and Jacob's there and he sees Bella and Edward dancing and he's looking uncomfortable. But then he asks if he could dance for Bella. So they dance. And Bella's like, what are you doing here? You don't go to the school. And uh, he's like, would you believe that Billy paid me $20 to crash your prom? <laughs> and Bella's just like, yeah, I believe it. 
Yeah, she's like, just give me the message. Tell me what Billy wants me to hear. And Billy apparently wants Bella to break up with her boyfriend. And we already knew that. And Bella already told him to fuck off. So, yeah. And uh, then also, I think Jacob, what else does he say? He's like, we'll be watching. Like, we'll being the council of elders of the tribe. I guess. Billy told Jacob to tell Bella. We'll be watching <laughs> as a warning. So the song ends and Jacob's like, should we keep dancing? And Edward's like, no, you shouldn't keep dancing. So he takes Bella back and they drop the name of the book like twice here. He like says, back to back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says, Twilight, no matter how perfect the day is, it always has to end. Which I wonder if that isn't her saying that her book is perfect. <laughs> Maybe. Just like, oh my god, they said the name of the book. (laughs) Bella starts talking about how she's not interested in a normal life as a human. And she's surprised that Edward took her to prom. This is when Edward starts getting real, real angel from Buffy. My Buffy heads will know. Like, he's like, I don't want you to miss out on anything to do with your real life. Like, I'm a monster. Like, you're the one. Like, I will stay with you. But I'm the monster. It doesn't. It just doesn't matter. It's like he's like taking all the autonomy and choice away from Bella this whole time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The whole time. No one's listened to Bella basically this entire book. One. So Edward asks what she thought they were going to do. And she's like, I didn't think it was a human thing. And he's like, did you think that like turning was a black tie affair? I thought that was funny. <laughs> it made me laugh. Uh, but he's, she's like, well, I don't know how these things work. Then Bella declares her love for Edward, and Edward kisses her throat. And we, the credits roll, and we fade into twilight. Congratulations, Stephanie, you finished the book. I will say (laughs) that these last, this last, like, couple of pages, like, a couple of minutes of the audiobook that we've been listening to were just really painful for me to get through. I was just like, oh my god, shut up. Guys, like, just shut up. Just end the book already. <laughs> shut up, shut up. Just finish the book. Kiss and, kiss and end the book, please. I have to wonder, do you think one could maybe pull out of this that Bella doesn't want to live in, like, a capitalist society? Yeah, Why? there's probably, like, an anti-capitalist, like, way to pull this apart. Um, it. I, I think it would be a reach, but I think you could do it. Yeah, get back to me. I'll start working on that dissertation. Like, get back to me on that one. I I need that. I need that in my life. She's like, I don't want to live a normal human life. And I'm like, well, most people don't. So (laughs) why? Why don't you want to? I don't know if they ever touch on that. But I mean, because being a human is boring. Like I said, I'm one of those that would I would want to be a vampire. It would be very exciting. And that was Twilight by Stephanie Meyer. What an interesting book, to say the very least. And thank you so much if you have made it this far into our first ever podcast. This has been such a journey for us. You fucking rock. And we're super, super excited to be making more content for you guys. If anybody has any suggestions of anything that you'd like us to cover please feel free to let us know. You can email us at NicoleandGUlive at gmail.com with your suggestions. Tune in next time to Nicole and GU Live. Bye, guys!